0: 11. It's 41 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A judge in California is refusing a request to depose President Trump in the Stormy Daniels case. Daniels attorney Michael Avenatti calls it a procedural issue and plans to refile the request soon. Avenatti wants to depose the president about the hush money agreement that Daniels signed only days before the 2016 presidential election. Trump's attorney uh, reportedly paid Daniels $130,000 to keep her from talking about an alleged affair. Under Armour is the latest in a growing list of corporations victimized by hackers. The maker of athletic performance apparel revealed yesterday that 150 million user accounts of its MyFitnessPal nutrition tracker were breached in February. Company says it just became aware Sunday an unauthorized party had acquired user account data. Company says government-issued data like social security numbers and driver's licenses are not collected from users so they're not affected. Payment card information is also unaffected because it's done separately, but usernames, email addresses, and hashed passwords are affected. So if you are like me and you have a MyFitnessPal, you'll have to change your password. An overdose of an anti-diarrhea medication is the cause of death of a Fox Chapel man. The medical examiner says 29-year-old Arjun Patel died at his home in the 400 block of Jamesboro Drive in Fox Chapel in November from loperamide poisoning. The drug is found in things like anti-diarrhea medication and can have opioid effects when abused. Pittsburgh Poison Center reported a 167 percent increase in calls relating to the drug between 2015 and 2017.
1: How did somebody find out that you can get high on anti-diarrhea medication?
0: No idea. Are you a single dog lover hoping to find another single dog lover? Well, it's now easier than ever. A new dating app called Dig features profile pictures of both owners and pets and allows users to arrange meetups at local dog parks. The idea, of course, is to avoid wasting time trying to make love connections with people who aren't compatible with you or your dog. Just in time for Easter, a North Carolina man claiming to be Jesus Christ broke into a pizza hut and then called uh, 911 to announce his resurrection. Police received a call at 430 in the morning from a man who said, Jesus is here. He's back to Earth. I just broke in and had a pizza. I'm (laughs) Jesus. I'm Jesus. He also said that he was starving to death. Police were dispatched to the restaurant and found 46-year-old Richard Lee Quintero inside eating pizza and drinking a Mountain Dew. When asked why he'd broken into the Pizza Hut, he said, Because I'm Jesus, I can do whatever I want. And then he said that he's tired of all the Judases on this earth. He was arrested without incident and charged with breaking and entering. Cameron Diaz is done making movies. Entertainment Weekly reported yesterday the 45-year-old actress is officially retired. She revealed the news during a reunion interview with Selma Blair and Christina Applegate. Her co-stars from the 2002 movie The Sweetest Thing. I actually well,
1: like that movie a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, the women realized they had not been together since the movie was made. Diaz's last movie was 2014's Annie. Uh, some of her biggest projects over the years include Something, There's Something About Mary, The Mask, Charlie's Angels, and Shrek. She'll
1: act again. She will. I think she's. Well, I actually, Well, she says
0: she's done making movies, so maybe she'll do theater yeah. plays plays. You
1: know. That movie, uh, sweetest thing, is that was like Jason Bateman, Bateman's comeback movie. He played Thomas, oh, what's the guy's name? The guy from the show Hung, the. Thomas, Thomas Jane? Jane. That's it. Uh, he, he played his best friend, and her best friend was Christine Applegate. Mm hmm. In the movie, the only problem with the movie is Christina Applegate is a million times hotter than the star. You can't have the best friend be, like, so much hotter. And Cameron Diaz is beautiful, but, like, that is the Christina Applegate movie. Yeah. And it's really I don't really think
0: funny. I ever saw
1: it. No. Uh, you would like it. It's really dumb. It's, like, cutesy rom com yeah. but it's But it's, you know, it, it's uh, got a little edge.
0: Rain mixing with snow today, temperatures in the low 40s, it's 41 at DVE.
1: Oh yeah, the DVE morning show, and once again, Sid the Kid (laughs) gets it done.
2: Knocks it away from him, a man ahead of the field, it's Crosby. Sidney Crosby delays down the left wing, in the left circle, shooting one off the post, the rebound, batted and it scores! Lock the doors! Turn out the lights! Penguins win in overtime! High, light, real goal from Sidney Crosby ends this one in Newark. No, he didn't do it again! Yes, he did! Oh, are you kidding me? Out of midair! No way! Oh, that was sick! <laughs> Absolutely sick!
3: Yeah, borgit <laughs> Yeah, they're not impressions that everyone does. It's a little off the beaten path. Um, but you know it's very easy to play. All you do is you pick the celebrity, and then I do an impression of them
1: cutting the cheese. <laughs> Wait, so I, I, how do we know that this is an accurate impression? This is well,
3: you know what? Um, it's, it's, my it's, sources have just told me, Dave, that's right on. Okay, trust him. So you can pick either a, a you know a woman or a man. Okay. Uh could even be a kid or you know.
1: How about uh, since Batman's coming out, Ben Affleck.
3: Ben Affleck. Yeah. Is he wearing the Batman suit or not? Yes, wearing the yeah, Batman
4: could, could, suit. I wanted to see if you could maybe do a Batman v Superman sort of like a dawn of fart justice. All
3: right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's going to be a
1: little tough. but Wait, I what? what, got what just... Now what are we listening to? This is this is Ben Affleck. This is Ben Affleck farting in the Batman suit.
3: Farting in the Batman suit, <laughs> which you know looks pretty tight, right? Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs>
5: That's it.
3: Uh, That's it. You oh, he never heard yeah, of was Shatman. Yeah, <laughs> more like Shatman, if you will. Yeah. Um. All what right. About
2: Superman, though.
3: Superman. Henry now, Cavill. Is he flying while he's flying. Yes. <laughs> he just flew right by us. <laughs> That's that called is, a blow by. That's dead On well,
1: with this, uh, the, the the political atmosphere. What about Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton wearing okay. a pantsuit, not a dress.
3: Wearing a pantsuit. Now I can do both. So we'll do. <laughs> I'll do dress first, okay. which is uh, you're less encumbered. Yes. Of course, you know a little more acoustics happening.
1: Right, so this is Hillary Clinton farting in a dress.
5: <laughs> <laughs> All right. All
3: right now let's put her in a pantsuit. Uh, okay. <laughs> A little more muffled. Well, it
1: lasted a little bit longer.
3: I do a lot of the candidates. Like Ted Cruz? Ted Cruz. Here we go. Ted. (laughs) That's Ted taking a cruise (laughs) right there. Yeah. What about Ben Carson? He's no longer in the race, but he could be a VP. Ben Carson, you never know. He never, could end up yeah. in the Oval the Office. brain he surgeon.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 really? Yo oh, yeah. That, that yeah. sort of belies That's his... him. That That's... was him
3: walking up <laughs> a, one step. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, boop, He's got kind of a jump ben in his started, He's hanging the, uh, yeah. the-
1: Well, okay, well Caught then- up in the uh, curtains uh, on wh- the side uh, of a debate Yeah, stage. what about Bernie
3: Sanders? Bernie Sanders. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm going to do Bernie. He's going to cough, and it's going to come out right after the cough. (laughs) It's <laughs> Bernie Sanders with a oh, little yeah. cough and he couldn't kind of control no. it no, He's, he's got, 75, yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot of that age. That's the only thing I worry about with Bernie Sanders is if he gets up to the microphone, you know, say he's doing an inaugural address right. he would be like, okay, here we're... <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that
1: I'm very sorry
2: The State of the Union uh, is Oh, brown <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> oh well. That's a, I mean, yeah. I hadn't thought of it, but boy, that that really does. Now, what about the people that are covering the candidates? What does Wolf Blitzer sound like? Wolf farting. Blitzer. How about Wolf Blitzer out for a jog? Wolf bl- out for a jog? Yeah.
3: Okay. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> I've actually seen him out for jog. jogging. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, <clears throat> does he jog on all fours?
3: He doesn't jog <laughs> on all fours, but just think, Washington and the the cherry blossoms have just come sure. out. Sure. Oh, so here we yeah. go, Wolf jogging. <laughs>
5: LAUGHTER <laughs>
2: It's a, he's, he's jogging. He's jogging he got oh. all the way to the Jefferson. Yes, monument. yes, he did. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, well, well, then what about last this one? stinking Memorial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about Megyn Kelly? Now she. Megyn
3: yeah. Kelly. Yeah. Okay. Now she's sitting down or standing up? You know, uh, she's, she's
4: usually sitting. She's sitting. She's, usually,
3: yeah. Yeah. Bait, she's yeah. got some tension. Maybe a little sweat. A Little flop <laughs>
5: sweat. A little, a little sweat. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You could kind of hear the sweat there. That's fart and balanced. Oh yeah, yeah yes, that's,
6: that's true.
1: There and, uh, you go. And, well, and last but not least, uh, what, Donald Trump. We haven't we haven't done a Trump fart, right? Donald I mean,
3: Trump. W- okay, here we go.
1: <laughs> Somebody build a wall. <laughs> It's the TV Morning Show, Life in the Fast Lane, the Eagles. There was uh, one of those stories on like Up Rocks or something. Is it still the Eagles when they go out on tour without Glenn Frey? I know they are billing it that way, but in (laughs) your mind, in your heart, in your heart.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's going to be really different without him.
1: I'm trying to think of the big bands that have, I mean, Still like, got Don Headline, not but. like Skinner and stuff, but like, because those are like done long ago, but like maybe Boston, but that, you know, they kept going as Boston after uh, Brad Delp died because mm-hmm. he was really kind of the Garfunkel to Tom Schultz yeah. si- Paul Simon. But other than that, I don't know. A lot of times, yeah. Tough to pull off. But so you still
0: got Joe Walsh in the band. And, yeah, Glenn Frey was
1: just such a big part of the yeah. identity of that band. Yeah. Um it'll still be great. You know that. His kid's gonna mm-hmm. be playing too.
0: Vince Gills touring with him.
1: Oh, okay. I thought I thought yeah. you were doing the Pittsburgh thing.
0: Oh no, Vince Gill is.
1: Yeah. Tour- yeah, no. Vince You know Vince who's Gills? good. You know who's good.
0: <laughs> that Vince Gills. Vince
1: Gills. Oh, jeez. What did I say? <laughs> Vince Gills. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's not in the band. He's opening.
0: Yeah. When is that? July 24th? I don't know. I think that's a date. PPG Paints Arena.
1: Allison Chains. Yeah, but you know, they didn't have the same success. That's, you know
0: what? But they were really good. They're still I great. When saw, I saw them with the new singer.
1: They're still great. Yeah. And it's funny. Every time somebody brings up Allison Chains, someone qualifies it by going, you know what? They're really good with that new singer. Yeah. So that guy is just a badass. Yeah. Um. But I have not uh, I haven't seen them in allison chains 20
0: I think years. the only, I think I the only time I saw them was with the new singer and it was just like four or five years ago maybe
1: where did you see them
0: uh the Benetton?
1: yes big show
0: yeah I, Bill and I
1: went it's a pretty big show mm-hmm. it was packed it was awesome um I'm surprised Bill went to see Allison Chains.
0: well, he made friends with one of the guys in the band
1: was cool Modi opening up or something. <laughs> Oh, and he think, did Rock uh, on the Range.
0: No, I think not Craig Gass. No, it was Jim Craig Brewer. Gass. Jim, it was Craig okay. Gass. Kind of made a connection between those two.
1: Oh, okay. Bill's friends with the Rockers. Yeah. And he knows none of their music. That's what makes it like <laughs> easy for him to be friends with the Rockers. Because he's not kissing their ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, like not starstruck at all. He's like, oh, hey, how are you? Saying. And they're like, all right, that guy's chill. Instead of, oh, dude. Now, if you know, Bill met Curtis Blow
0: (laughs) be a different (laughs) story.
1: Look out. Uh (laughs) I'm using all all super old rapper names. Uh when we come back, Mike Rasitter with your sports. Sid does it again, a remarkable goal. Uh just when we were touting his last volley out of midair as one for the uh for the Pantheon of Great Sid goals last night, arguably a more impressive goal.
0: I wonder if this is something he's practicing. Because remember the year that he was like, "I'm gonna get really good at faceoffs," and he did. Yeah. Wonder if he's been practicing this.
1: Just volleying the puck out of midair. <laughs> Maybe. Unbelievable hand-eye coordination. Mike's got the full details on a uh, a necessary win in New Jersey last night. DVE Sports. Mike Pursued it with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, and Sidney Crosby is nothing short
7: of amazing. And uh, nothing if not timely in his response. Uh, Crosby, butt ended in the shoulder late in the third period last night against the Devils in Newark. Not the first guy probably that's been assaulted in Newark late at night. (laughs) (laughs) Went to the bench, bent over, grimaced on the bench, came back in overtime and did this.
2: It's Hall in the Penguin zone, chopping it to Latang, knocks it away from him, a man ahead of the field, it's Crosby. Sidney Crosby delays down the left wing, in the left circle, shooting one off the post, the rebound, batted it, in and it scores! Lock the doors! Turn out the lights! Penguins win in overtime! High, light, real goal from Sidney Crosby, ends this one in Newark. No, he didn't do it again! Yes, he did! Oh, are you kidding me? Out of midair, no way! Oh, that was sick! Absolutely sick!
7: Sydney Crosby apparently celebrating the opening of baseball season by batting one out of the air and into the net. Pens beat the Devils 4 3. First time in four tries, the Pens were able to come up with a victory over New Jersey this season. It wasn't easy. They were down 3 2 in the third period. Patrick Hornquist's 25th goal of the season at 11 26. Got them even and helped them get it to overtime eventually. And Crosby does the rest in overtime. Take that, Travis Sajak. don't know what he was thinking, but you don't poke the bear, Randy. Don't poke the bear. Just leave the bear be when it's relatively docile. Don't poke the freak. Pissed him off and that's what happens.
1: I do love that he responded with that.
7: Yeah. Wasn't all that long after either. It was OT, but I mean, yeah. But I mean, it was late in the third period when the uh, might have been a second shift after that, and uh, they needed that win. Good win for the Pens. They needed to beat New Jersey. Needed to win on the road. Needed to overcome a little adversity. Winning on the road, which they did. Uh, Ninety-four points. Now that's five behind the Washington Capitals. Columbus wins five to one in Calgary yesterday. The Jackets have ninety-three points. Philadelphia's got ninety-two. The Devils have eighty-nine. And the Florida Panthers, the first team on the outside looking in, have 86 after falling 3 2 in overtime in Ottawa last night. Penguins host the Canadiens Saturday night, in the Capitals on Sunday night. They did not have dirt. Broussard in the lineup last night. Lower body injury. Excuse me, as Mike Sullivan would say, lower body. Lower body injury. Broussard is considered day to day. Then again, aren't we all? College basketball's Final Four is coming up this weekend. Saturday, 6.09 p.m., 11th seed Loyola of Chicago against 3-seed Michigan. That will be followed at 8.49 by a uh, Battle of One Seeds Kansas against Villanova. The two Saturday winners will meet Monday night in San Antonio for college basketball's national championship in the NIT. Penn State is celebrating the Nittany Lions defeated Utah 82-66. To win the NIT championship, some people say the non-important tournament. <laughs> um, some people say they should all chant, we're number 69. Because the 68 real yeah. teams getting the NCAA. You know, if you're having a tournament and they're keeping score, you might as well win it. That's my theory. Yeah, if you're going to play in it. It's a good accomplishment. Pat Chambers' team ends up 26-13. and Penn State winning the NIT for the first time since 2009. The Pirates and Tigers were postponed due to poor weather in Detroit yesterday. They'll try it again this afternoon, one ten p.m. Ivan Nova against Jordan Zimmerman. Bleacher Report uh, interviewing Terrell Suggs of the Ravens. And uh, apparently all the trash talk with Hines Ward wasn't just trash talk. Uh, Suggs telling Bleacher Report, quote, It was personal. We wanted to kill Hines Ward. I had to threaten him before every play, like, if you crack me, I swear to God, I'm going to break your effing neck. (laughs) Suggs goes on to talk about what he told Ward after Ward broke the jaw of Cincinnati's Keith Rivers. Remember that now since outlawed block. Uh, Terrell Suggs, according to Bleacher Report, told Heinz Ward, quote, I swear to God, if you hit me like that, I'm getting thrown out of the effing league.
1: I'm kidding. Thrown out of the league. That's awesome. What
7: he would do Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I told you yesterday the new pit basketball coach, Jeff Capel, was a big Steelers fan, and he got a call from Mike Tomlin uh, congratulating him on the gig, and he was pretty happy about that, but he didn't trust it initially. Here's, here's Capel telling that story at his introductory press conference.
6: I was inundated with calls and texts and all these things like that, and. Trying to find a way to relax in the midst of all of this, and one of the things I like to do to relax, I like to cook. And so I was, I was chopping vegetables yesterday, and um, all of a sudden I had my phone right there, and and the phone rang, and I saw it was a Pittsburgh area code, and I wasn't really answering any calls because I'm getting calls from everyone, you know, so many people that want jobs and think, Anyway, and so. <laughs> uh, uh, I saw a Pittsburgh area code, And I answered it because I thought it was one of the players. I'd reached out to some of them via text, and I hadn't necessarily plugged their names in yet, like the content or whatever. So I'm, okay, let me, let me get this. You know, this is maybe one of the guys. And I answered, and he's like, hey, Jeff, this is Mike Tomlin.
7: Now, the problem was he didn't believe it was Mike Tomlin initially. Understandable.
6: I mean, I thought I was being pumped, to be honest with you. Like a really good friend of mine and a colleague a, you know, a guy whose friendship that I really value, John Shire I think you guys had him coming here <laughs> uh, John has this app on his phone where he has this like prank call app on his phone and he's always prank calling people and we'd be at like a training mill and he'd be prank calling our players and he could put so I thought it was John, I thought I was like because you know, he knows how much I love the Steelers and so I was very, you know, honored to talk to Coach Tomlin, and he talked to me about Pittsburgh and living here, and and we're going to get together and things like that.
7: That's great. Come on, who is this really? No, this is Coach Tomlin. Yeah, right. Mike, I Nice think... game against Jacksonville, Coach Tomlin. <laughs> yeah, oh, that would have been great. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
7: <laughs> nice clock management, Coach Tomlin. Oh, man. But what a down to earth guy, huh? Just uh, telling stories about assistant coaches that do punk punking each other on uh, thanks to a cell phone app. I was just
1: gonna say, you buried the lead. There's a there's an yeah. app that helps I you prank. <laughs> I did bury the lead. Uh, what's the app, Joe? You know what that is? I'll find out what that is. I want that app. That's invaluable. Great story there, and uh, just a little insight into the new guy in town. town. you know. Look, this is a good story. It's great for Pitt. You know, I don't think they're going to go out and, and win the tournament next year or anything no, like that.
7: I don't think they're going to make the tournament next year. But,
1: but doesn't it feel like they've got a competent guy right now? It does.
7: Well, Last... They're competent. They, they have uh, somebody to follow.
1: Well, and when Stallings was hired, it wasn't like everybody was, uh, you know, Hosannaing all over Oakland. It was like, ah.
7: No, they were uh, WTFing.
1: Yeah, why did we get this guy? So, once again, kudos to Heather Like. That's
7: the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Heather Like. it. has got news coming up, top of the hour.
0: Uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, coming up about Peep Beer and also the number of people who really are in the Mile High Club.
1: Sean Collier's going to review the new Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim Uprising. Also, a preview of summer movies coming up. Cristela Alonzo's at the Improv this weekend. She'll be live in studio. Bob Barry talks about that tremendous Sid the Kid finish last night. And... Joe Grushecki and the House Rockers performing live in the coffeehouse. The app is called Prank Dial. The app. Or is it the app? You were just writing that. Okay. I thought it might have been like Hot Dog the movie or something.
7: <laughs> what does it do? Like you put a, a fake number to show up or something?
1: I guess. That's probably what it does, right?
3: Yeah, there's also scenarios where it can be like someone scratched your car and you get a phone call from someone else. It's like not the person calling you, but it sounds like someone else.
1: Oh, ah, I like that. All right. Well, the app's called Prank Dial. If you want to download Glad we're putting it,
7: putting our technology to good use.
1: Oh yeah. Well, it's probably yeah. You know, every time you use it, the Russians get all of your like your <laughs> bank accounts. It's Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Show, along with uh, Val Porter, and um, that's it. That's it, man. <laughs> it's uh, Good Friday.
0: I would guess traffic will be light today.
1: Yeah, a lot of people take off. A, a rainy morning, crappy morning.
0: Some offices closed. Yeah.
1: It's the end of Holy Week. Well, it's not the end. It's Friday of Holy Week. Yesterday was Monday Thursday. Monday Thursday.
0: <laughs> do they do that in the Catholic Church?
1: No, I don't even know what that meant yeah, until that's... I looked it up. It was interesting though that Spy Wednesday was Thursday. That's what they call it, Which Spy Wednesday.
0: Sounds like nothing biblical.
1: Right. I am Jewish. <laughs>
0: Didn't we kick out a bunch of Russian spies on Wednesday? We
1: did. And they kicked out a bunch. Of, well, they weren't spies so much as they were just diplomats. But, uh, yeah, we kicked them out. So they say. Well, they're yeah, they're like, <laughs> how do we know we kicked them out? At uh, any rate, uh, the Easter holiday weekend is upon us. And, of course, I- I've said this in the past. Boy, the ham. I can't stop eating the ham once I get into the ham. But uh, then, I, then I get to ham farts. <clears throat> so, a new study. Is
0: that a thing, or is that just... Ha- ham farts? Yeah.
1: It's for sure a thing. <laughs>
0: it's just a thing for you.
1: <laughs> no. I told you, I, I like. it was so bad, and I was watching the Ten Commandments with my mom on Easter, <laughs> and then I just decided to start naming my farts after biblical characters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she probably didn't appreciate She's that so very
1: pissed. much. <laughs> I was like, mmm, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, stop it. Mom doesn't like blaspheme on Easter. <laughs> a new study finds the best way to overcome... By the way, this is like the fart hour. Um, the, the new study... We had the Dave Coulier clip yeah, last well, half hour. That's a good way to start the day. Carnegie Mellon... You know, I thought they were making robots. Guess they're not? What? No, they're studying farts <laughs> at Carnegie Mellon. This is. Well, what... they
0: have the best people to study it there, if, so...
1: If you send your kid to Carnegie Mellon, this is what they're learning for 58 grand a year, or whatever it is. Probably more than that. I don't even know what it is I now. I have no idea. A new study out of Carnegie Mellon University <laughs> in Pittsburgh. It makes me laugh so hard. Because when I see that, I just imagine, like, if my, my, my parents didn't pay for college, but uh, my dad would still get pissed looking at that. The best way, they say, according to this new study from CMU, the best way to get over your embarrassment when you pass gas in public. Uh, oh, it, this
0: is not to avoid farting. It's to uh, fix
1: no. your. It's to fix your embarrassment. Get, a, get when away with it. Yeah, get away with it. They say, <laughs> I can't believe people spent time on this, or repeated it, <laughs> or, or or printed this. The researchers found that when you break wind, instead of focusing on your feelings, <laughs> try to put yourself. In everyone else's shoes, <laughs> so be an empathetic farter.
0: Because all, we've all been there, the victim of a fart.
1: The victim, someone else's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Sure, they're grossed out by the smell, <laughs> but they also feel empathy toward you since they know how humiliating it is <laughs> to be the one who "quote unquote" dealt it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: dealt it have you smelt it
1: I'm sorry are you smelting it right now (laughs) I dealt it earlier and you
0: just have to pray dear god please don't let it stink
1: Oh, I had a dream about getting caught farting. Like I think I like ran across the room or something. Uh, so when you focus on what they're thinking and how they're thinking, oh, I feel so bad for it. This is the worst study ever. It it makes no sense. They say when you focus on what they're thinking and how they're probably sympathetic toward you, you'll get over your embarrassment quicker. No, wrong. Not to mention, I don't think so. This is circumstantial. Each fart is is you to take this on a, fart like a fart by fart right, k- basis, it's
0: like a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> every part, everyone is different. Every part
1: is like a snowflake. That is truer words have never been spoken. I don't know that anybody's ever made that analogy before. Researchers say that the technique also works on other embarrassing public situations, too. But come on. All right. Like,
0: this there's is, nothing more embarrassing unless you soil your pants. No.
1: Yeah. There's no empathy shark. No, that's not happening. That is ridiculous. I can't believe Carnegie Mellon allows their name to be attached to it.
0: Damn it, you people at CMU! It was
1: printed in Live Science uh, magazine, online magazine, LiveScience.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> Get back to making robots for crying out loud!
0: Robots don't fart.
1: I bet they're coming up. With, they'll come up with an empathetic farting robot.
0: <laughs> Probably.
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, since we're Focusing on farting, farting for the first hour this Friday. That is, a, I mean, there is no other morning radio. Good fart day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the biggest cliche. The fart Friday. <laughs> I mean, always remember when you fart. According to CMU, don't feel bad about it. Just think about how the other people feel bad for your humiliation. Yeah. yeah.
0: so Mr. Collins
1: uh please, please just uh, call me call me Dave
0: okay Dave I'm a,
1: I'm a little bit nervous,
0: oh really is this your first massage
1: yeah actually yeah, it is my first massage. I never really uh... <laughs> oh oh boy, I am so sorry please excuse me it, it's okay really I'm really embarrassed oh, that was... don't be I... it's just that it's just so relaxing in here and I just I'm so sorry. That was...
0: It's perfectly natural. So, just to be clear, did you want deep tissue or a lighter massage?
1: D- uh, deep t- uh Wait, so what are the different kinds of, uh... T- mm. w- w- which kinds are there?
0: Uh, well, you could get a hot stone massage or a shiatsu.
1: Oh, a shiatsu. Mm. That uh, that sounds good. Uh, maybe something like that. That you know, I'm I'm so am just so relaxed. I'm really sorry, I'm... <laughs> and it's my first massage, so I I just <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I bet you're uh, you're probably used to this happening here. Uh, I bet people do it all the time.
0: Well, on the table, yes. Out here in the lobby where we do the scheduling, no.
1: Really? It's just so relaxing in here. Wait, do you have any discounts for AAA members?
0: It's 40 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. Christians around the world are marking Good Friday today, the day of Jesus' crucifixion and death at Calvary. Many denominations will observe Good Friday with fasting and church services. Jesus was crucified along with two criminals despite being declared innocent by Pontius Pilate. Pilate handed Jesus over to be crucified to avoid a riot during Passover. And Passover does start at sundown today. It's an eight-day holiday celebrating the emancipation of the Jews from slavery in ancient Egypt. Passover, the most widely observed Jewish holiday.
1: The way you were reading that, I thought it was a current news story, like it just (laughs) happened. Last night in in Dormont, Jesus was convicted. (laughs)
0: More shakeups in President Trump's cabinet. Former VA Secretary David Shulkin says he was fired by Trump because he didn't want to privatize the Veterans Administration. Shulkin says his team was focused on trying to make the progress that veterans need and that political appointees in the VA were being disruptive. Trump is nominating his personal physician to take Shulkin's job.
1: Yeah, you know, and I feel bad for that guy, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, because he seems to be a pretty capable guy. I mean, he was Obama's doctor, too. hmm uh, it's not like he used it. The the original story, I thought it was the quack guy. I know, yeah. From New York. And With the long hair he, and the glasses. It looks like a cross between Sean McDowell and I. I don't Mark Madden, I guess. <laughs> but no, it's this guy. Uh, and he seems to be confident uh, as a doctor. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he has the administrative tools necessary to run an agency this big. We'll find out. However, if they're going to privatize it, I guess it doesn't matter. Right. And if everybody's saying this isn't the best thing for the vets, well, then why aren't we getting more pissed about this? Yeah. But there's too much to be pissed about.
0: But this would be a good thing to be pissed <laughs> yeah. about if he's not going to take care of the veterans like he claimed he would. So, A new relay race that spans 150 miles, including parts of Pennsylvania, is being billed as the first of its kind. The Great Allegheny Passage Trail Relay will run from Cumberland, Maryland to Pittsburgh. Eight team members will have 48 hours to tackle 24 legs of varying distances. The inaugural race is scheduled for October 12th and 13th. Well, just in time for Easter, the Collective Brewing Project in Fort Worth, Texas, has developed Peeps-flavored beer. It's a sour ale brewed with more than 30 boxes of Peeps. It also happens to be purple with edible glitter floating around in it. Mm. Those who have tried it say it tastes marshmallowy and slightly tart.
1: I'm not sure that needed to happen. The
0: Peep beer.
1: You know, this is the Jurassic Park thing. It's been so long... Trying to figure out if you could. You never asked yourself if you should <laughs> make peep beer.
0: I feel like it's... I saw a peep car driving down the road yesterday. What? And I couldn't t- because I was on the parkway so that, s- that cement barrier was up so I couldn't completely see it. But it was a car with a peep on top. A, like a giant... It was like the mobile, but it was the peep mobile.
1: I've never heard of the peep mobile. I never have either. But... Guess uh, it's making the rounds Yeah, Easter. I guess if there's a time of year to have it, it's now.
0: Lots of people these days end up moving back in with their parents due to financial problems. Uh, you think it ruins your life? Well, it ruins their life. A new study by the London School of Economics found that when someone moves back home, it causes a significant drop in the quality of their parents' life and well-being. In fact, the negative effect is just as strong as, th- as if they had developed, quote, an age-related disability. So moving back in with your parents is just as hard on them as dementia or a broken hip. Why? Well, it's because they're supposed to be entering the next phase of their life, the next phase of their relationship, developing new hobbies, hobbies, traveling, and enjoying their empty nest. And when you move back home, you completely ruin it.
8: Yeah, no doubt about it. Hear that, mom? <laughs> There's never been a life change for me or my brother, you know, a job, breakup, whatever, where she hasn't said, you know, you can move back home. It's like, <laughs> I don't think th- I think that creates four problems for everyone solves.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. Look, there's times when you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like there are scenarios that are beyond, um, you know, bad situations. There's good situations sometimes like things are going good and you're like, hey, we need to stay with you for a little bit while this sure. happens or yes. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: like you do construction on your house, right?
1: <laughs> are you are you thinking about moving in with Tim's no, parents? No, we
0: definitely are.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, how do they feel about that? They're probably oh, they don't psyched. care.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't care.
1: How do you feel about it?
0: I don't care. I get along great with them. So yeah,
1: you love them. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's But you it will to... be weird living with another adult couple.
1: <laughs> morning, morning. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> kind of you're out of that. And kind of, well, believe it this way: just imagine you're at like Deep Creek. <laughs> And you're it's on a, a and breakfast. You're on a getaway weekend right. for three months. That's all. Yeah. But moving back in is just such a traumatic thing, I think, because if you have a relationship at all with your parents that's like a tiny bit contentious. Oh. And you have how to How would do you it, ever do that? Or like I would never move in the guilt that my mom would lay on me <laughs> for stuff that I would be required to do in return. Would be mm-hmm. overwhelming. My dad, on the other hand, would just expect me to do everything. Like it would be two totally different scenarios. My mom would be this blanket of, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that.
0: Do you need your laundry done, hon?
1: Oh, all of that would be going on. But with my dad, he'd be like, uh, you know, fill up the fridge, <laughs> make sure you <laughs> take you, it to garbage. Did you make my dinner? Yeah. All of that stuff. <laughs> Two to- totally. My my mom would be looking for a husband and my dad would be looking for a <laughs> wife. <laughs> and I would have to be both.
0: <laughs> the woman who repeatedly accused Ryan Seacrest of sexual misconduct is filing a police report. Susie Hardy writes in a Hollywood Reporter column that she has gone to the Los Angeles Police Department for a full investigation and the LAPD has confirmed it. She continues to say that Hollywood is choosing not to believe her and standing behind Seacrest and the investigation by NBC Universal was incomplete. Hardy was Seacrest's stylist when he was host of E! News, and she claims he continuously made unwanted sexual advancements towards her. Seacrest and his attorneys have denied the allegations, calling them reckless and an extortion attempt. The NBC Universal internal investigation found the claims inconclusive and say they interviewed people with firsthand knowledge of the incidents. And Ren and Stimpy creator John Chris I'm not sure if that's. says... I, I have no idea how you say it. Yeah,
1: I can't remember how you say his name. I always saw it.
0: He's being accused of sexually abusing teenage girls. Ah. BuzzFeed News published stories from two women who allege he groomed them for sex in the 90s when they reached out to him about becoming animators. One of the alleged victims says he made her his live-in girlfriend when she was just 16. The other claims she endured years of sexual harassment starting when she was 14 and says... She found child pornography in his possession. His lawyer said in a statement to BuzzFeed that he did have a 16-year-old girlfriend for a brief time 25 years ago and has struggled with mental illness over the years. Rain mixing with snow today. Temperatures in the low 40s. It is 40 now at DVE. Sean
1: Collier with us. We'll uh, get to some movies here. Ready Player One and Game Over Man in a little bit. Cristela Alonzo's is at the Improv tonight and tomorrow. She'll be checking in with us, eight fifteen. Bob Airy talks about the Penguins' win last night in New Jersey. And if you didn't see the Sidney Crosby game winner in overtime, well, you must not have been on social media.
2: It's Hall in the Penguin zone, chopping it to Letang, knocks it away from him, a man ahead of the field. It's Crosby. Sidney Crosby delays down the left wing, in the left circle, shooting one off the post, the rebound, batted and it scores! Lock the doors. Turn out the lights. Penguins win in overtime. High light reel goal from Sidney Crosby ends this one in Newark. No, he didn't do it again. Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Out of midair. No way. Oh, that was sick.
5: <laughs> so-
1: the DVE Morning Show. Black Crow's Good Friday. Chuck are hanging out with us here from Pittsburgh Magazine movie reviews for the upcoming. Well, it's a, it's a holiday weekend. Yes, uh, is it a big theater weekend traditionally?
8: Easter? Uh, no, we, we 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 stay at home. But that isn't going to stop Steven Spielberg from trying to uh, uh, break up that happy, calm family time. Yeah, he has uh, come out with his latest offering, Real Player One. Uh, yes, hold on to your butts. We've got a Steven Spielberg blockbuster in theaters this weekend. Uh, Obviously, many of us associate Spielberg quite closely with big action blockbusters, your Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, Close Encounters, movies where people stare up in wonder at a large thing looming above them. (laughs) And a John Williams song, legally distinct from the previous John Williams songs, begins playing. Uh, But if you look at it, The look at the recent blockbuster Spielberg entries, not counting the drama, his dramas, the post Lincoln Bridge of Spies. That seems to be what he really cares about, cares about the big tentpole type Spielberg movies of recent years. War Horse, a a movie about a horse that was also good at being assault. Yeah, I I'm sure I saw this movie. I do not remember anything about it. Other than thinking, the horse that plays that horse must really not be having a good day. People love that movie. I never saw it, but people really love it. I, I don't know any of those people. Horse people. The horse people, are Horse sure. people love it. Horse people love every horse movie, though. Right. Black Beauty. That's the only other horse movie I can name offhand. Isn't Free Willy about a horse? It's a really big water horse. <laughs> Huge water horse. It jumps over the... Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is actually classified as a disease in most developed countries. And... <laughs> The Adventures of Tintin and the BFG, two movies that I've never seen, and I'm literally a professional film
1: critic. (laughs) So Spielberg's record as of late, not exactly Ruthian.
8: No, he has not had a big popcorn flick that worked in a long time, which brings us to Ready Player One, which is based on a, a, a kind of a fun, pulpy adventure book about a kid who has to complete these missions and solve mysteries inside a virtual world the book i've read the book it's not exactly slaughterhouse 5 but i i've read it twice it's just a good fun quick read and it is packed wall to wall with name drops of 80s stuff so if you were okay. one of those people that rolls your eyes and scoffs you know actually <laughs> at nostalgia one I don't like you because you hate fun. And two, this is not the movie for you. Go write another essay about Lars von Trier. So Spielberg is adapting an adventure movie where it's the future and everyone is obsessed with the 80s and 90s. And thus, there are references to Spielberg movies. Spielberg is directing a tribute to himself, which was bound to happen eventually. If you haven't read the book, this is just a big well-made, fun movie. The action stuff is thrilling. The suspense is effective. It's got a good cast. It's mostly unknown or lesser known young people. The technology is great. This is one of those times where the computer stuff actually works really well and looks good, which happens when there's an actual filmmaker in charge. It's almost as though talented people are better at things than untalented people. If you have read the book, uh, you should know going in, it's completely different. This is not just like hearing a cover of a song you love. It is like hearing a whole new song that happens to have the same lyrics. The characters in the premise stay. Everything else is different, Uh, which just made it more cinematic. But if you are expecting the book, it's going to be a departure. It's certainly not a best picture nominee, but it is a lot of fun. It is a very effective popcorn movie. And it, yeah, it's a Spielberg movie that feels a lot like the old stuff. It is not Jurassic Park, except for the one minute where it is literally Jurassic Park, because there are a lot of references, but it is uh, perfectly acceptable blockbuster movie making. So, in other words, 50 times better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Wow. Yeah. that yeah. Well, that's good news for Steven Spielberg, I, I suppose. Yeah. He said in uh, there was a big interview with him where he said, you know, he kind of knows that he hasn't been connecting with those popcorn audiences and he was trying to get his mojo back with this one. It's not prime, but it is in that ballpark, okay. which is good for him. Uh, and I'll be brief with this next one. Is uh, You know what? You don't need to spend much time taking out the trash. Game Over, Man is an alleged comedy from the workaholics people, You know Adam Devine and the two other people that really wish they were Adam Devine. It's... Uh, <laughs> Out on Netflix today. It's a parody of Die Hard because that's really timely. There's three Stoner guys, they're working in a hotel, a social media mogul gets taken hostage, they have to save the day. It is violently unfunny, aggressively offensive, and infatuated with extreme gore. I have also Wow. Yeah, it's a that great collaboration. Yeah. Again, not getting on the posters. But hey, at least there are C list celebrity cameos in this movie. Just famous people jumping in on the level of Steve O and Shaggy. We are approaching Sharknado levels of wow. celebrity appearances. I
1: thought those guys had a bigger fan base, would have got a little bit more money. I thought uh, Anders was doing big things. I thought the, only the clown-looking guy, um, Uncle Blazer, what's his name? Yeah, uh, I the thought,
8: other one. Yeah, I thought he was the only one that wasn't like going on to bigger and better things acting. And Anders wrote this one. Apparently, this is like a script they had in the works for years and years and years, and, years and they used the last bit of their workaholics uh, uh, sway to get it made And boy Netflix is doing a lot better With original films recently uh, Which means hopefully we won't have movies This bad from them in the future
1: Boy I, I I watched another Adam Devine movie that was on Netflix and it was Filmed in New Orleans which is Why I watch it I'm like oh well I'll see a bunch of New Orleans mm-hmm. Stuff here This, you know that, that's my happy Place so I'm watching it and uh, Boy it was not not good it was not It was not bad, per se, yeah. like the worst thing ever, but it was clearly
8: not good enough to be uh, a major release, and I thought he had a lot of Hollywood juice behind him. I think he's in that phase where he'll kind of take whatever to try to establish himself as a big star, which works. There's always a lot of young, funny people coming from the comedy world that do a bunch, of, you know, even Kate McKinnon has been in a, a number of clunkers, especially about three or four years ago. He'll ride through it because he is very, very funny. But uh, you know he's got to he's got to get someone to discern between crap and quality. And apparently, yeah. if Anders Holm wrote it five years ago, high at Whataburger or whatever, it's <laughs> crap. I just I just transplanted fast food joints, didn't I? Whataburger is Texas.
1: Well, you know, I thought when I saw Adam Devine the first time on Workaholics, which I thought was a very funny show. I'm like, that guy reminds me of somebody. He's doing somebody's shtick. Yeah. And then it
8: dawned on me, oh, he's Jack Black. He's Jack Black 2K14. He's flipping Jack Black. And Jack Black uh, is about at the same place on the way back down. Because now he's he did that Poka King Netflix Oh, original. that looked horrible. I, it was actually fine. It was not hilarious. But to stare at it for an hour and a half, it, it worked. It looked like he didn't care about it. Oh, I don't think he did. And I do feel really bad for Jenny Slate, uh, who was the female lead, yes. and is legitimately, I think, uh, about the funniest woman in comedy and doesn't yes. get work. She's very funny. She is
1: uh, a part of that uh, Big Mouth cast, the animated Netflix show, with Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, and Jason Matsusakis. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, and, uh, i got to watch that. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? I'm watching movies usually. That all right, So that show is super dirty. Yeah. It is one of the filthiest Mm-hmm. Uh, cartoons you'll ever see, but it's all about puberty, and it's the kind of stuff you were thinking about when you were thirteen or
8: fourteen. Or oh, that's nice. You can't nineteen do like I was when puberty hit, and you can't do that live action because you would—that's a crime. So right. you got to animate it and have grown ups say these things
1: yes and they say the most repulsive things that you could ever imagine but big mouth is uh, really really funny jenny slate also did another show or another movie that was uh, kind of under the radar
8: that i thought was obvious child which i thought was very oh that good. was so good yeah was, i i think the subject matter might have been a, a bridge too far in terms of selling it
1: yeah no i think that was a tough thing yeah uh, but it's uh, if you're a fan of jenny slate make sure you see that yeah. and she got kicked off of snl after her first what six episodes or something like that, cause she dropped an f bomb,
8: and might have been she might have lasted a year, but only got on like six episodes. I think she lasted a year, and half of that she was sitting around. And I uh, the fir- her first night out, she dropped an f bomb, and I think she that rattled her so much as it would. Yes, Parti- you're, you're young and you get this, and uh, on day one you screw up in the most visible way possible, and it was. Yeah. A sketch
1: where they were teasing the word. So it wasn't like it came out of nowhere. They were supposed to say something that sounded like that over and over and over again. And she slipped and said it one time and it doomed her. Yeah. A lot of people thought like, oh, you're screwed for life now. You walked out on the SNL stage right away. You totally... Yeah, blew it. Your whole career is over. So it devastated her, and then here she bounced back, uh, bounces back, and she's having a better career than ninety percent of the people who
8: are on Saturday Night Live. She is because she does a lot of uh, uh voice stuff, like she was a voice in Zootopia and mm-hmm. you know some of the Disney stuff, which means you just made more than the entire. If you had been on the right. SNL for ten years, you wouldn't have made that much. She uh, she was married and uh, broke up with her husband, who
1: was like. Uh, a director that did a bunch of stuff with her so she could date Captain America. Well, that 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 was the one thing I was like, oh, the whole little sweetheart thing. I think I'm over that now, but I like you still. But I mean, it's Captain America. I I probably. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Right? I would, I for, would, for the good of the country. I would question my sexuality. I if really nothing, would. Nothing else. Uh, Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine there with your movie reviews. Uh, So Real Player One is the real deal. Go see that. And then don't Mm -hmm. worry about that workaholic
8: show on Netflix. Absolutely. Which I plan not to worry about. So that's good. See that. Watch that feudal and stupid gesture if you haven't. If you're looking for a Netflix choice. Love that one. Yep. You know, speaking of uh, movies. uh, Well, one movie that I liked,
1: which was based on a musical growing up, Jesus Christ Superstar. It's back this weekend on NBC. Let me tell you something. First of all, Mike. Jesus Christ Superstar. How long have I been telling you that you should check out the soundtrack to this? Because it's like The Who singing about Jesus.
7: Yeah, and they've got uh, an all-star cast doing it on NBC Sunday night. Uh, John Legend is Jesus. You buying that? I'm buying that. I'm buying it. You know who else is buying it? Alice Cooper, because Alice <laughs> Cooper plays
1: King Herod. Tremendous in role this. for Alice Cooper. And he said, perfect. Yeah, he said John Lennon, or John Legend rather, is incredible as Jesus. John is the perfect cast for Jesus because yeah. he has this ethereal quality to him also. In three
4: days I
1: shall
5: return.
7: Yeah, it's on Easter Sunday and the really cool thing about this you love concerts right love you concerts. love tv shows when they're well done you, hey i'll admit it i like a good broadway show yeah okay? Shh, don't nail me to the cross i like a broadway <laughs> show <laughs> this is like all three wrapped up in one I know. concert a tv show a broadway show well
1: again this is one of those things i always tell people like Hey, uh, fellas, if you want to score points with the wife for being cultured, this is a great way to get one uh, uh, in the uh, inbox column. To check. Hey, you, you may know.
7: score some other points. Who knows? Right? Yeah, really. well,
1: here's the thing. So, it's a win-win. Sarah Bareilles uh, plays Mary Magdalene, who has Man, ar- argu- arguably the prettiest uh, songs in this are sung by Mary Magdalene, and she's had a lot of success on Broadway as of late. I oh, that song. Remember the original Yvonne Elliman version? I'm thrilled. I love okay. this
9: project i love this score i'm playing mary magdalene she is a disciple a believer a friend a confidant a champion
1: now uh the other uh, people in this as i was telling you alice cooper is playing king Herod, and he, of course uh, the Herod songs are are awesome judas is played by brandon victor dixon he was uh in hamilton he played aaron burr in hamilton you saw hamilton i did
7: hamilton see i told you i like broadway
1: shows i know uh, Fancy Andrew Lloyd Webber of course wrote this If you've not seen it, it jams It totally rocks I mean, the soundtrack to this is not Like uh, your uh, traditional Sort of cutesy uh, Namby-pamby Broadway stuff It is rocking
7: Andrew Lloyd Webber with talented people And a live show
1: Yeah, it's going to be live on NBC Sunday night Dot com Sports. Sidney Crosby does it again. Mike Prasuda with your sports here on DVE. And is this just his new thing? Is he just gonna start volleying the puck out of midair and
7: well, Randy? anybody could score when the puck's on the ice. <laughs> Seriously, how you know he's doing matrix hockey. Hard now. It, yeah. Uh, playing those geometric angles. Sports this hour brought to you by Golden Oak Landing. Fascinating to see what Sidney Crosby was able to do to the Devils last night in the Penguins 4-3 overtime win. And to listen to the reactions thereafter. Do you still have the goal quote queued up?
1: Uh, I do. I can get Let's it. Let's give a listen
7: to uh, Mirzi and Bibbs on the broadcast.
1: This was the Sydney Crosby goal. Here it's
2: you go. Hall in the Penguin zone, chopping it to Latang, knocks it away from him. A man ahead of the field, it's Crosby. Sydney Crosby delays down the left wing, in the left circle, shooting one off the post, the rebound, batted it, and it scores! Lock the doors! Turn out the lights! Penguins win in overtime! High light real goal from Sidney Crosby ends this one in Newark. No, he didn't do it again! <laughs> yes, he did! Oh, are you kidding me? Out of midair! No way! Oh, that was sick! Absolutely sick!
7: Gets off in Borky. Gets you know. off in Borky, obviously, not the, not the TV guys. But they're going crazy, right? And, oh, yeah. And justifiably so. Then few minutes later uh, it's time for Mike Sullivan's press conference and the head coach he's not exactly ho-hum about it but uh nor was he screaming stop the presses yeah
6: hey, you know, I've seen him do it so many times it doesn't you know it it doesn't surprise us anymore you know he's uh you know he's just one of he, he's an elite player you know there aren't too many guys that can make those types of plays
7: and uh he does it time and time again he, you know he, he thinks the game on such a high level
6: uh he's such a competitor. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I think I can I don't think I can count how many times he scored in, in the last,
7: you know, since, since I've been his coach, uh, knocking pucks out of the air. Sometimes it's from below the goal line, sometimes it's from beside the net. It's, um, he's just
6: a real creative player.
7: Yeah, kind of ho hum, right? Uh, Brian Dumoulin, uh a little more excited than that. Like Sullivan, he's seen this kind of stuff before, but Doomlin never gets tired of it. I mean, that was uh, incredible. I mean, you, you don't expect him to to score that one after it hits the post, and he does. I mean, it kind of leaves you in awe. And I mean, we, we see it a lot, but every time he doesn't, every time he does something special, it's 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 crazy to see, and it, it's enjoyable. And uh, I mean, he does that on a nightly basis, and I mean, it just says what an incredible player he is. It's uh, 94 points for the Penguins after last night's win. The Caps have 99. Blue Jackets have 93, the Flyers 92, and the Devils 89. Florida loses 3-2 to in overtime in Ottawa. The Panthers have 86 points. By the way, the Penguins' victory clinched a playoff spot for the Washington Capitals.
1: Uh-huh. Well, the Caps up five points on them? Yeah. With how many games in hand? Uh. Are they evened up now?
7: One, I believe. Yeah, one. All and right. they play Sunday here. So, so, the
1: Pens have the Canadian Saturday night, the Caps c- and then the Caps here. I mean, that, yeah.
7: you know, ostensibly. Could see a little movement. Could uh, could determine slotting? No? But the Penguins want, the, you know, they were happy to clinch that spot for the Caps last night because the Penguins want the Caps in the play. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm going to get these guys in. We want to dash get them, in your the, get them in the way, baby. We're dream dashers. Isn't
1: road, that what you do
7: to a dream? You dash road them. You anywhere, it goes through Washington, which is ironic because you really can't drive in that city. The traffic Nightmares. Irony at its best. College basketball, Penn State is your NIT champs for 2018. The Nittany Lions beat Utah 82-66. That Chambers team finishes up 26-13. First NIT title since 2009 for Penn State, which went through a little bit of a hoosu in basketball. Not uh, profoundly so, but some recognizable wins over Temple. Notre Dame, Marquette, Mississippi State, and Utah in the NIT. All those teams except Mississippi State have actually made some noise in the NCAA tournament over the years. Penn State, not so much. But
8: They'll get a big turnout at the victory parade if they have it in a place where people are already congregating. Like, just march that down Beaver Avenue on about 10 p.m. on a Friday night. There'll be people there. They won't know what the hell's going on, but it'll look like a big crowd turnout.
7: So how you spin it? Pirates rained out in Detroit yesterday. They'll try it again at one ten this afternoon. Ivan Nova against Jordan Zimmerman. You watch any ball yesterday?
1: I uh, I was pretty tied up yesterday. I didn't get to watch the hockey game or any any baseball. I did see that it was this, uh Syndergaard ended up with
7: uh, double digit strikeouts. Yeah, they're uh, expecting huge things from him if he stays healthy. I watched the Twins and Orioles from Baltimore, and I got to see among other things Zach Duke and Pedro
8: Alvarez. Oh my lord. Duke, I can't believe is still still in the playing. League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good for him. He got I the guess. loss yesterday. In, uh, well, if, you know, I'd he's you know used what? to that.
7: He, he got the loss on a rally that started with a strikeout that the catcher didn't catch. It was you know, yeah. one of those nasty, low and away curveballs that you get the guy to chase, but you got to catch yeah, it.
8: Catcher has to chase it too.
7: Yeah, but the Zach Duke still pitching. What is he fifty three?
8: I saw him at a rehab assignment, low season A. And he had to be pulled from the game in a jam. Did not overwhelm the 19-year-olds.
7: Kids, if you have a male child, force it to be left-handed and force it to be a pitcher.
8: Yes. Or play golf. Either It one doesn't of those. even
7: have to be good. It's uh, It's incredible. There's money to be made. You it throw is. left-handed,
1: here's $3 million. It is incredible. Mike, uh, did you see what happened with the Blackhawks last night?
7: They had to pull the guy in uh, this the emergency is
1: goalie. Such a cool story. Uh, I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to take a break and come back. I got a couple good ones for you. First one is what the Blackhawks had to do. It's one of those, you know, guys in the back of their heads always have this like dream, like what if there was a scenario where somehow I could end up on the ice. That basically happened in Chicago last night too. Uh, a former hockey player. Who had to be called into big league action. Former like 2006 former. Yeah, like way the hell back. <laughs> um, and not at the NHL level. Uh, and also, the the Heinz-Ward story that's in the news this morning. Alan Fanica just tweeted out a big hilarious ha 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 To the Suggs stuff? Yes. Wait till you hear what Terrell Suggs had to say about his time against Heinz-Ward. If you haven't heard that yet, you're going to love that. That's coming up. It's the TV morning show. See, old habits die hard. Uh, so, last night the Blackhawks needed a goalie. So, against Thursday's game, uh, or against the Winnipeg Jets Thursday, rookie goaltender Colin D'Elia left in the third period. Goaltender Anton Forsberg already out for the game.
7: He was starting a warm up. The team
1: had to call on Scott Forster, who they had signed earlier in the day. So, they signed this guy earlier in the day. He played – he was 36 years old. He played four seasons at –
7: Western Michigan. Western Michigan. Last played in a game in 2005 against Robert Morris. And so <laughs> –
5: 2005? Yeah.
7: Holy. October 2005. That was the last time he played. Oh. His last season was
1: 2005-2006. 13 years he hasn't played hockey, basically, yeah. this says here. And – uh he didn't allow a goal. He stopped. Seven stung. for seven. Seven
7: for seven. This is a cool story of <laughs> in a long time. Yeah. Right Robin in.
1: Paul Snast uh Carried
7: in by in
1: front of the net. Oh, big save. Foster makes the stop off of Snasti. Are you kidding me? I mean, the guy is an accountant. He works for <laughs> like I can't remember the name of a globular. Who cares? It's an accounting financial firm. or something like that.
0: Globular.
8: Globular. <laughs> Global, perhaps.
1: I think it's gollub <laughs> Is
7: globular.
8: the name of it? Golob. No, is nice. he? Is seven
7: he for seven in the NHL?
8: Is he in game shape, or is he just like three hundred and seventy-five pounds now? So there's no physical space for the <laughs> pucks to go no, by. I think
7: there was some net oh. there.
8: They interviewed him after the game. It's a
7: little different when uh,
3: a few hours ago you're working your day job and then you're uh, you're living your dream, so it's fun.
0: What was it like playing in front of this Blackhawks crowd inside United Center tonight?
3: I mean, the fans are always great here. It's loud and intimidating, but it's nice to at least be
1: wearing the Blackhawks jersey. Are you kidding me? (laughs) How many Penguin fans out there, weekend warriors, think, you know... I know a guy that works there and he knows I can still play. And in a pinch, it seems to me that the goaltender position is where this happens. If yeah, yeah I feel ever, like it's happened it before. does come up because they don't want you to not have a goalie. No, no, it yeah. ma- makes for better hockey if there's yeah. a, a <laughs> netminder. Uh, so, congratulations to that guy. That's one of the coolest stories in a long time. Scott Forster. I mean, <laughs> seven shots. Seven saves.
7: How do you go back to being an accountant now? Oh, they won six to two.
0: That's like a movie. All it-
7: right,
8: Let's get you your jersey. No, I have a jersey. I bought it at Dick's mm. last week. I got it right here. Is it- oh, you- oh, my name's on it. Oh. He's uh, sitting around the water cooler today. What you think of Patrick
7: Lyne? Eh, F him. He got nothing.
1: <laughs> my other favorite sports story of the day was that Terrell Suggs did an interview with Bleacher Report, and they asked him about talking trash with the Steelers in particular. Heinz Ward Suggs told bleacher report that talking trash with Ward before during and after games was not strategic. He just hated his guts personal. He hated him. He said we might get into a fight while we're doing something. You know what I'm saying? It was very personal. It was personal. We wanted to kill Heinz Ward. I had to threaten him before every play, like, if you crack me, I swear to God, I'm going to break your effing neck. 2008, of course, Ward broke the job. Keith Rivers, that That necessitated a new rule against blindside blocks. And Suggs said that he warned Ward that if he tried that against the Ravens, he'd have to worry about a whole lot more than the 15 yards. I swear to God, if you hit me like that, I'm getting thrown out of the effing league. Alan Fanica saw that story this morning and tweeted out a big ha, 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 like, you know, 50 times. And he said, you know, you've done a good job when it's been that long and you still got them fired up. And it's true. Hines was the best trash talker and Uh, would just lay people out. Yes. Yeah.
7: I think that was more infuriating. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. And that stupid grin he always had on his face. Oh, man.
1: Uh, Conversely, Levy on Bell. Not exactly a fan favorite these days. Yesterday, Ugh, he tweeted out tweet. something that pissed off everybody. I don't even think people who are in his camp thought this was a smart thing to do. But he tweeted out after proclaiming he wants now $17 million a year, Mike. Is that the latest uh, demand?
7: He wants Antonio Brown money, whatever that is. He tweeted, it's so
1: hard That's to be. a $18, is not it? It's so hard to be a hero in a city that paints you out to be the villain. Hmm. I think this guy needs his head checked in a big way. He just needs to shut the F up. And it's got to be tough for the Steelers at this point. Mike Tomlin has already been burned by emotion, by letting James Harrison go. That was, to me, a pride thing. I think Harrison did everything he could to get cut and and insulted him and said a million things and just embarrassed Mike Tomlin as much as he could till he couldn't take it anymore. But this, I mean, they can't capitulate here. I mean, oh, this, Kevin Colbert's not going to
7: be this, swayed one way or no, another this, by this dumb stuff. They wouldn't even notice that. It's I mean, so stupid. Why pe- is he people doing- people that are into social media notice it? Nobody else cares, and nobody's going to care once the season's You don't think.
1: Every Steeler fan's gonna know about this. You don't think Steelers sports talk is gonna be surrounded around this? I'm
7: sure it will because I got nothing better to talk about, apparently. But do you think anybody's gonna care in September? If he signs? No. Or if he does. When he starts playing again, nobody's gonna care. And this will in no way prevent the Steelers from trying to continue to get a long term deal. I which ain't gonna happen either, but No,
1: not if he wants yeah. those numbers.
7: This is uh it's noise.
1: Well, he's an, not going to get the number he's it's asking It's another for. poor,
7: hey, look at me, nobody's paid any attention to me in ten minutes kind of guy. And but
1: Heinz Ward was very much a guy who had to be painted as an underdog, as a nobody believed I could do it, as uh, they all overlooked me, even as he was winning MVPs. Yeah. You know, another
7: one of those overlooked third-round draft choices. <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever expects yeah. them to make. Nobody ever gives them a chance. Quarterback to from a huge college program, yeah, power, <laughs> SEC
5: Georgia. <laughs>
1: Uh, it worked, so I don't care. To the tune of a couple of uh, Lombardis, Mike. So. Yeah. Hines don't make me mad. Lev, it's your turn. Figure that out. Well, he's won a bunch of Lombardis, hasn't he? Oh, I wait. think so, yeah. No, he's not. Val's got news coming up next. What are you talking about, Val?
0: Uh, are you in the Mile High Club? Am I? Y- you probably aren't. We'll, oh. talk about- <laughs> we'll talk about the real stats and where people are doing it and with who.
1: Comedian Cristela Alonzo in studio in, uh, next half hour. You might know her from the TV show she had on ABC, Christella. And uh, she's uh, going to be at the improv all weekend long. We'll talk with her at 815. Bob Airy talks about Sid's huge game last night. Well, the, a big win for the Pens in general. And just this was a good one to bounce back from that terrible loss Calming, against Detroit. Yeah, all of that good stuff. Joe Grashecki and the House Rockers. The brand new album is out. And We're going to have Joey G. It's very good. Joey G and the House Rockers playing live in the coffee house for you this
0: morning. It's 40 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by ChooseNissan.com. Facebook has a plan to earn back your trust. The social media giant has come under fire for allowing Russian operatives to manipulate user data to target voters. In a response to the Cambridge Analytica leak, executives have pledged to tighten up security ahead of the midterm elections. However, critics think Facebook is leaving a major hole by by focusing on ads run by candidates or political parties, not issue ads. Foreigners are not allowed to contribute to political campaigns, but anyone can take out an ad that discusses an issue like taxes or immigration or education. Meanwhile, Facebook is taking more heat after BuzzFeed published a 2016 memo from a senior executive suggesting that the company's relentless quest for growth and data harvesting could lead to negative consequences. So seems like they've known about that for some time. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. It's, you can't put the toothpaste back in the genie bottle.
0: <laughs> in money news, lots of us are stressed about money. A new survey has found 30% of Americans are constantly worried about money. The survey also found 80%, uh, 85% of Americans sometimes feel stressed about money. If you're feeling stressed, maybe you'll win that mega millions lottery. It's a half a billion dollars. Tonight's jackpot, an estimated $502 million, the fourth largest in the game's history. The cash payout would be $301 million. Well,. And you, you wouldn't you, have to move in stressed, with mom and dad right you and not, you would not be stressed anymore about money
8: i'm uh, i'm only worried uh, i'll be fine on money if nothing ever changes and i never have any additional ex- expenses <laughs> and i don't age if none of that happens i will be fine indefinitely don't break a finger yeah no that medical i'm fine it's just i when i start thinking like you know i might have to buy a like a house at some point then i freak out <laughs> retirement i no. Can I, can I buy a burger when I want a burger? Yeah, I can. That's all, I, that's all that counts.
0: If you're uh, one of those people stressed about money or you're going to play the Mega Millions tonight, maybe you'll get this lucky. A girl in Canada celebrated her 18th birthday earlier this month by picking up a lottery ticket and a bottle of champagne. Well, the champagne came in handy. She was able to celebrate her first day of adulthood as a lottery winner. She won $1,000 a week for life with a scratch-off card. Wow. Uh, it was the first ticket she ever bought. That's nice. So good for her. 1000 bucks a week. No. $780 U.S., by the way. <laughs> Which ain't bad still. Hey, you know, pick up an extra fifty-two grand a year. Right. People make a lot of claims, but how many members of the Mile High Club are there? Really? Well, the answer is not many. According to a recent survey by online dating site Saucy Dates, while 78% said they would like to do it on an airplane, really only about 5% have actually done that. Of those who did get frisky in the friendly skies, 37% said it was with their partner, 30% did it with a total stranger. 15% had a friends with benefits flight experience and 18% hooked up with an airline employee.
1: <laughs> hey. I mean, that's pretty I mean, I've definitely had flights where I felt like I think we made a connection. Like, <laughs> I really think well, this could be something. And then, uh, you know, you remember, oh, we're from two different parts of the country and we're going in two different places. And, okay. That was a weird thought. See ya. I would. But just... never even anything approaching. I think we might have sex by the time this <laughs> flight is done.
8: I'd be concerned about my ears popping at an inopportune moment. I think that might <laughs> ruin the mood. Salient concern. Yeah.
0: So where are people doing it on an airplane?
8: In their seats, I think most of the well,
0: time. Well, no. Bathroom number one answer.
8: How? Look, I'm, I'm six foot even with a bit of a barrel chest. I can barely turn <laughs> around to sit down in there to bring another. I, 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 I mean, it's what does one partner have to be the size of an elf?
0: <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. uh, in your seat was the second highest response. After that, the galley. Oh, in the back. And so that's one- got to
1: be one of those late night. See, everybody thinks about this as a uh, packed flight to Chicago at 2 p.m. And it's a lot of times a sparsely
0: yeah.
5: uh,
1: you know, populated said- late night flight where everybody is sleeping.
0: Yeah, they said most of them happen on night flights. Most people said their encounter lasted no more than 10 minutes. 13% were busted in the act.
1: Uh, oh, that has to be just uh, humiliating uh, beyond belief. I mean...
0: Well, I think if you're doing it on an airplane, you probably don't care. I mean you're in public. You don't have any shame anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um one percent said they've done it in the cockpit.
8: Hey yo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a homeless man in Scotland walked into a government housing office, but instead of asking for uh housing help, he threatened to kill workers there, and then it got really weird. Thomas Barzinski stormed into the office carrying a bag. Staff members immediately called police as they waited for officers to arrive. Barzinski walked around showing everyone pictures on his phone of hemorrhoids and oh. also people he believed to be members of the Illuminati.
1: Uh well, you don't want to mix those two up.
0: <laughs> uh, police placed him under arrest and confiscated his bag. They found knives and a baton inside. He didn't really have any explanation for why he was showing people pictures of hemorrhoids.
8: It's a completely separate issue. Were they his hemorrhoids?
0: I did not specify if it was his hemorrhoid. Hey, can you check this out? Yeah. <laughs> right. think I need to see. What well, saying, Were
1: they like <laughs> s- butt selfies? Was he giving himself? <laughs> is there a colonoscopy app? I'm not <laughs> aware of. Know.
0: There probably is. But uh, the 45 year old was charged with behaving in a threatening and abusive manner and possessing a weapon. He was sentenced to 23 weeks in jail. Anna Ferris has confessed to lying about the quality of her marriage to Chris Pratt. This This really makes me dislike her.
1: Okay, why?
0: Well, she says they conspired to create a false public image and that it was all unicorns and rainbows, but the truth was fighting over things like, where did you hide the freaking toilet paper? She admitted they utilized social media to sell the lie, saying, quote, we intentionally cultivated this idea of, look at this beautiful family. Look Everybody at-. does. She said it helped sell more movie tickets, and her CBS sitcom Mom prospered as well. Yet when they announced their divorce, fans were genuinely shocked. They were unprepared for the hard truth because they'd
1: been sold this lie for so long. Well, all right, keep this in mind. He cheated on her. They get a divorce. He and- did cheat on her? I- I- I'm guessing that's exactly oh. what happened. And uh, she's like, uh, yeah, well, I guess maybe uh, we are guilty of projecting a false image like 99.9% of people on social media. Mm -hmm. We are our own best PR machine. We talked to that guy from uh, the Ph.D. guy from Penn State yesterday. Mm -hmm. Talked about how people cultivate their own online persona. And it's never a very accurate representation. It's like
0: the ultimate closed door.
1: So let's say she feels screwed. By this relationship where she's like, you know what, man, you became this became uh, about your career and not about us because he became a huge star after they got married. Yeah. When he when they got married, he was a mid-level star. Uh, Oh, at best. And then he became a movie star of, you know, epic proportions where there's like five people as big as he is. So that she's got to be burned and bitter. So when she says that stuff, I think that's very tame. Compared to what she probably could say.
0: <laughs> or wants to say.
1: Yeah, I'm on her side. And I'm not against him, but I understand her expressing a little frustration. Like, oh, well, um, he became a big star, and then every girl threw themselves at him everywhere he went, and I don't have that many vaginas. <laughs> just the one. Just. just got the one here. So what, yeah, if, it, what
0: if it wasn't the case? What if she's what if she's miserable to live with?
8: That may be. It, I don't know. I just feel like we were yelling about the toilet paper is code for, yeah, he slept with Jennifer Lawrence on that spaceship. Right. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what I think. Yeah. But
1: she might be the, to your point, she might be better. She might be the Ryan Reynolds mm. in this. Remember when Ryan Reynolds and Scarlett Johansson broke up because he was jealous of how big of a star oh, she became? Yeah. He just couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. So he had, to, he had to marry a lesser talented actress, which was a great but, move. But beautiful. Oh God, is she gorgeous. Blake Lively. She mm-hmm. is, she's gorgeous. She seems like she's like cool. It's like yeah. he did the reverse Brad Pitt. Like it, he <laughs> what, you know what I mean? Yeah. He went from the Angie to this. the Jen instead of from the Jen to the Angie.
0: Finally, Rob Gronkowski is going to be a movie star. He's reportedly been cast in a movie called Boss Level, starring Mel Gibson, Naomi Watts, Frank Grillo, and Will Sasso. The movie is said to be about a retired Special Forces veteran who becomes trapped in a never-ending loop that results in his death every day. There is no word right now on what role Gronkowski will have in the movie.
1: That'll be nice. I I don't know
0: if this is his next... What What's the, uh, what you're meant to do after football?
8: Your life's work? Y- yes. You're...
0: I don't know if this is his life's work or not, but. I was yeah.
8: at Red Wrestling the other night and we had a conversation. When do you think Gronk will be here?
1: Uh, too too uh, susceptible to injury doing that. I don't think he'll do it for that reason. You think? Yeah, no, because he would keep playing uh, football. Oh, I mean post football. Yeah, I just don't think, I think it's too much. I don't think he wants to stay in that kind of shape. I don't think he wants to put himself at risk of injury. Those guys have already beat themselves. Yeah. I, I, you have to, like, as many times as you say it, you can never really appreciate how much pain NFL players are in in their thirties.
0: Oh yeah, how these I-
1: guys who have beat the snot out of themselves for twenty years since they were in high school—like that's just a tough way to live. So if you've made all
8: that money, like Gronk has, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see him becoming a wrestler. I just I- want him to climb down the cruise ladder from like this is Gronk's cruise to 6 years later it's like Gronk will be on the Disney cruise playing Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> now if Gronk goes Broadway I am in. Gronkway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Gronkway.
0: Rain mixing with snow possibly today low 40s for the high it is 40 now at DVE.
1: It is the DVE morning show. Tonight I'm going to be at the Hard Rock Cafe, Station Square, Cure Rock. And the second time I've uh, had a chance to be involved in this, I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, calling out these bands tonight on stage. The Alternate Roots, uh, National Touring Act, and Nevada Color and Working Breed all performing live. Cure Rock, uh, tonight we're going to be supporting them in their efforts to raise awareness and funds for the fight against childhood cancer through live music. The doors are at 7 o'clock. It starts at 8. Silent auction, 50-50, raffle the whole thing. But again, uh, it's a really great evening of music, and it all benefits... Uh, the The fight against childhood cancer and who can 't get behind that so Kirak tonight i 'll see you there joining us live in studio right now she 's at the improv all weekend long, and we were just saying uh, what a big star she is, and how glad we're she we are she 's here Christella. Alonzo, ladies a, and gentlemen. You guys. Look at you.
9: Applause. A big so celebrity. Early. Oh, my God. A
1: big Hollywood star.
9: Can I, Can you be my life coach? It's <laughs> so positive. Like well, a-
1: yeah, because well, we, let's get off. Look, first of all, it's Good Friday. Not a lot of people are I know. working right now. So I know. I'm guessing you, uh, being Latina heritage. I'm super
9: Catholic. Right. Uh, I'm like half piñata, half... <laughs> Catholic, yes.
1: Yes, yes. So this was a big one for you growing up. I I was raised Catholic as well. So uh, today, when I was a kid, this was always a day where I kind of felt like, oh, I hate this day because it is just sad. And my parents, my mom was really the one from noon to three.
0: The dark hours.
1: No TV. Yes. No radio. Yes. No nothing. Yes. Get in your room with a rosary yes. and you pray. I'm like, for
9: three <laughs> hours? <Yes. laughs> like, exactly. Like, I haven't sinned enough. <laughs> to yeah. have that stuff. I know. And honestly, I grew up in that time where we didn't eat meat on Fridays.
1: Ever or just during Lent? Like,
9: no. Like Well, no, during Lent. Yeah, you know? right. But, but it was that thing where, like, even then... As a Catholic, you didn't know why you were doing it. It's just something you did. And that was the thing is that, like, (laughs) uh, for me, being a Catholic was, like, never knowing why we did it, but we just always did it. Uh, Everything. Like, you went to church. It was like a book club.
1: You yes. know,
9: you go like you go drink wine, you don't know why. Right. You're just like, "Oh, you know, like Jesus's blood's awesome." <laughs> you know.
1: I never understood uh, any of like this, the the imagery, the uh the metaphors until I was older. Uh I didn't understand uh like the whole uh idea as uh the stuff as uh, allegory. Yes. And I really thought it was all supposed to be specific and I had a lot of problems with <laughs> how this all went down. Like I'm like, "Wait a minute." Oh I know. The, I, ar- the arc. <laughs> Let's I just want to How did he get two of everything? So, like, a lot of times, I find myself questioning the legitimacy of the stories, and because I was more into movies than into the religion, sure. And I thought, like, this is this is a bad. There are so many holes. There are so many holes in this (laughs) plot line.
9: I know. I'm like, why don't we ever cover that Jesus got a driver's license in the Bible? (laughs) 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 There's so many important events we never like. We just glossed over. Jesus never dated. (laughs) No, the the teenage (laughs) Jesus. Prom. I know a teen Jesus is our show idea. Like, I want to see Jesus from like 13 to 18. Like, Jesus has to vote for the first
5: time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it is. It's a big uh, uh, holy weekend. Is your mom mad that you're working?
9: No, no, no. <laughs> you know, no. Actually, you know, um, uh, as a Catholic, you don't want to work, but as a Mexican, you have to work. <laughs> 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 and she's like mija, it's okay. <laughs> so you, the one side cancels the other, <laughs> right? So were you born in Texas? I was born in Texas, like a little border town in South Texas, right next to Mexico.
1: What's the what was the name of the town?
9: San Juan, Texas. So for like no no kidding, for like seven years, I thought we were Puerto Rican. <laughs> like, like, it was San Juan, Texas, and nobody ever shows you a globe. Like as a kid, you just it's funny how as a kid you believe things and you make things up in your mind. I thought we were Puerto Rican, especially because I like broadway and and i watched uh the Course line and the character she, there's a puerto rican character in the show that talks about growing up in san juan and i'm like oh my god we're puerto rican and you know and we were like brown and then right. my mom's like no you're mexican i'm like what is that <laughs> we're puerto rican you know? from right over there and i'm like what what's going on yeah
1: so growing up then as compared to now it seems to me like you know when growing up in the north as i did Um, It seemed like there was more of an acceptance that it was part of the culture of Texas to have a huge Mexican influence into the culture that that was almost um, it was appreciated and and defended in a way. Although there were the diehard Texans who were still of the Sam Houston uh, mindset, but now it seems worse than it was when (laughs) I was a kid. Do you think that's accurate? Worse in what way? In that that now there's like is you more need to explain like,
9: yourself because you're like, I don't like this Mexican influence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's what I think they think now. <laughs> like I think that they <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, You guys I, have really gotten you're really I'm infiltrating like, now. Wait,
9: wait, wait. Your guac has I, guac on it. <laughs>
1: I mean, like the pushback towards oh, totally. towards you know the Mexican culture and lifestyle. I mean, totally. immigration, the totally. wall, everything. But Absolutely. it's never been worse than it is right now. But yeah,
9: but you know, it's it's look, it's always existed. And honestly, like it's all about money. I
1: yeah. mean,
9: think about it. Like you know, people can be critical as they want, but trust me, if they get told that a tomato is going to be five bucks, they're going to change their mind. Yeah, and money talks. It's always yeah. the same thing. I grew up with it. I mean, but you know, at the same time. At the same time, uh, those people have always existed. The critics have always existed. They might seem feel more uh, bold. They might be bolder now. Yeah, but they've always been around. And people like me have grown up with it. So it's not it's it's nothing new. You know what I mean? I'll tell you, this is what I like. This is my first time in Pittsburgh. Okay, and I will tell you. And I was actually just having this conversation about how. um, and, And I mean this as a compliment because the other, you know, like who I was talking to didn't know how to take it. I. Landed in Pittsburgh and I felt like I was in a Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen video. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like That's... it's very like industrious factory. Because Nailed I, it. Like, I grew up in South Texas where we don't have that vibe. Mm-hmm. So as a as a kid, I was a kid of immigrants. I was a child of immigrants. So for me, Pittsburgh is kind of like what I thought america was yeah you know it's like the american town the blue collar families going to the factory because every music video i saw with like i love billy joel i've seen Mm -hmm. i've seen him i've seen him for i've seen him 25 times in concert like i love
1: Madison square garden shows
9: yes i did but i had to leave early Mm. because the guy in front of me i don't even know why they didn't kick him out the guy in front of me had an old school like 1980s tv camera no. Like he's you know, the kind of thing where, like, he went out on a gig, like he's covering Die Hard back <laughs> in '85, like just a huge camera. Right in front of me, the entire show recorded the whole show at Madison Square Garden on this camera. Come like on. The first camera ever made. <laughs> but, like, it, you know, it's. You know, so, that was
1: like one of his buddies from Long Island, right? Oh, <laughs> he, like, totally. He totally he's like, here, I'll give you hey, the tickets.
9: My boy Billy's doing it. <laughs> Uptown girl. He wrote that about Becky. I dated her in high school. <laughs> like, it's always, there's always that person that knows someone, be, you know, like slightly off. But, like, I landed at the airport, drove through downtown, and immediately I'm like, This is, like, America. Like, I I get excited when I go to places like this because, to me, again... I was born here, but I grew up with like I grew up with an immigrant mother, and she was all about like americana, the united States, the country everything. assimilation boy yes. people love that <laughs> all day long she all was day America. long I did she, she did you know it's funny did she speak
1: uh, english or she Spanish no she understood
9: up. it she understood english, she couldn't speak it she was embarrassed to speak English because people she tried but she had an accent and people would make fun of her accent so she didn't oh she, you well know.
1: tell her not to worry because we got a real wicked accent up here
9: <laughs> what's the accent
1: it's you'll hear it plenty trust, yeah. <laughs> tr- that's <trust> it me. <laughs> yeah you're gonna you'll, you'll encounter it more times than than uh, uh can imagine. i just say
9: that like i think accents like 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 a boston accent to me is so exotic
1: Exotic? You yeah, think like, Ben like, Affleck yeah. is exotic? Oh, my
9: God. Like, for me? Oh, my God. For me? Like, oh, totally different. I'm like, exotic. oh, my God. Where are you from, <laughs> sailor? Like, you know, like, I like, am like that
8: person. You'll be very happy this weekend. There was a, Wasn't was that gawker poll for the ugliest accent in America where we, we beat Boston we, we, in the final? Yes. No. Yes. yes.
9: What? I, I don't even know what a Pittsburgh accent well, is. People
8: come up to you and say, oh, yeah, we heard you on radio. and We came down to see your show. He's funny.
1: He's funny on DB earlier. Today I heard just, you know, usually I don't like a Mexicans because I can't understand like after jokes, but for real.
5: What was so that? Yes. <laughs>
1: and that was not even a good like representation of it. You'll hear lots of uh
9: you guys, come to the shows and speak to me in that accent. Look, there's good
1: news. They're, they're like, we have more uh, Latinos in Pittsburgh than ever before. Like, it's a great time for the Latino community really? in Pittsburgh. I'm not even kidding. They're there were used- two
9: in my show last night that were like, we ain't got nobody here. <laughs> right. Like, like, it's funny because like you said that. I was, like, I, I was talking to the show yesterday about how when I go to a place and I don't know if they have a Latino population, I do the Latino test, which is uh, I go to Walmart. And I look. <laughs> Okay, to see if they're there, and i I'm like, <laughs> and Just if they,
1: they are, they're I'm waiting like, to get a oh, job. You yeah. know, like oh, well, like, we don't have that many. But I yeah. mean, we're still open. To, we're recruiting.
9: <laughs> we're, we're recruiting. We're on commission.
1: We're on a pyramid scheme for Mexicans. No, if you think Boston is is exotic, this is going to be like. I mean, this will be like yeah. the Bahamas to you. Yeah, really, being in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Really, yeah, you're gonna love it. Oh. Gonna... so you had your own TV show on ABC. I did. You did a ton of stuff on The View.
9: Yeah. Um,
1: how'd you like doing The View?
9: You know the the ladies were cool. I actually I got offered the job. I turned the job down. Why? I didn't want to do it. You know, honestly,
1: you'd be so good at it.
9: You know when you know when you know. Well, you know when you know that you'd be miserable doing the job it's like mm-hmm. that thing where we
1: still come to work every day
9: <laughs> like, right but it's that thing where like uh, it was so weird that uh, one segment we would talk about politics and then the next we would talk about yogurt <laughs> you know what right. it's, just, like, it's so weird <laughs> and you're like you know what's wrong with this country this low fat vanilla is gonna <laughs> get you through the day you know
1: this is so weird so you kind of want to punch Elizabeth Hasselbeck it, in your, but you have to talk it, about it, yogurt yeah, yeah, yeah that's not it,
9: nice. and you know I and i kept telling everybody like there's just you know the audience knows when you're miserable the audience knows when you're not into it like i really hate myself let's go watch that show do yeah. <laughs> that show no but yeah you know it's like it's it's um yeah, it, i I just the audience knows when you were when you're miserable and I knew I wasn't gonna be happy and I said no and everybody thought I was crazy for turning it down, but you know, like you know you know when you're gonna be happy or how not. You, and for me it yeah. was just
1: no. It would you wouldn't be able to do anything else.
9: Yeah, exactly. Like honestly, and, and then and look, I loved it. I loved my time on it. I started doing The View because I my TV show my TV show centered around a blue-collar Latino family. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to talk about how a blue-collar family Sometimes has to do different things to get by, you know, and in my family, the dynamic was that I was the aunt and I moved in with my sister in real life to help her take care of the kids and our mom. And that's the kind of thing that a regular family does. You kind of make things happen and you try to get by and you don't see that on TV. You know, like when Mm -hmm. I moved in with my sister, I was in my 20s. And on TV, you always see the, the girl in her 20s who just graduated college and she's out on her own. Will she meet Mr. Right? Who knows? <laughs> and for me, I'm like, I'm raising kids. I'm taking the kids to school. I wanted to show that right. dynamic because yeah. that's real. Right. That's real mm-hmm. and you need to see that. And um, the network didn't promote it. So I started doing The View to get on TV to promote the show. So I was doing both shows at the same time.
1: Isn't and- that crazy?
9: It's insane. You uh, know? The way
1: they do that all the time with the, like, you know, the, the shows that they just stop promoting. Yes. Like, oh, no. Well, forget it. And it's weird because Titus you know, talks about that all the time. How yes. he had like the biggest show on TV. He pissed off the president of the network and she literally was like, you're done. Yeah. And just didn't yeah. promote the show yeah. at all.
9: That we didn't get promoted and it was so weird and it, you know it's like it's that thing where like also they didn't know how to promote my show back then it was four years ago and I remember they revealed the show poster and like the the show poster they wanted to use was just me with a Photoshop quinceanera crown no. on top of me. And my name spelled out on the crowd and I'm like, you guys, that's a little like not cool. And they're like, we don't see the problem. Oh. Like, oh my God, like how do you not see it? They have so, like
1: fringes and like dice hanging yeah, and like totally.
9: yeah. yeah, like you press the poster, right. low rider starts yeah. playing. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, I think we're trying to on the nose you guys. So
1: Roseanne kind of echoes a couple of the, those working class She was on my show. Oh yeah?
9: Yeah, actually, she. Th- that's what's, we brought her Back to TV. Like she no was kidding. actually she played a character on my show. I my show was actually uh I loved Roseanne growing up who didn't. It right. was a great show. So I modeled my show after her show because that was the first show that I remember connecting with as a family. Mm-hmm. Where like the family wasn't, they weren't all loving. They, and I loved that they could make fun of each other and laugh at themselves. Yeah. And that's a real family. So we had her on the show, and she actually um She did, I want to say maybe three episodes or so, and I loved it. Like it was so crazy to actually meet her in person, and then now she came back with her show, which I, I eighteen point two hey, million. You know, it's going to get better. <laughs> it's going to get more viewers than eighteen million.
1: <laughs> you think they're going to get more than no, that? No, I'm Jeez, kidding. Louise. I'm kidding. i being sarcastic. They got dated twice no. as much as the network thought they were going to do. And where do you weigh in on the on? You know, a lot of people are not really fond of all of the hateful things that she is saying on social media. I can't see her. And... I can't
9: see the show, and she like and she and she's and it's funny. We became friends on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she but is... she seemed
1: to have lost her mind after uh, like three four years ago. You
9: know, it's that thing when you when you have an old friend and then they friend you on Facebook, and you're like, oh. hey, yeah, Stephanie, I'm going to front Stephanie. I love Stephanie. Stephanie and I used to, like, blah, 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 da, da, da. And then, like, a week later, you're like, yo, Stephanie lost (laughs) it. Like, what happened to Stephanie? Like, I remember Stephanie.
1: But there are tons of, like, hyper-liberal comics who are... Working on the show, big fans of yeah. Roseanne, Ron Funches, uh, Fortune Fabster, were all singing yeah. the praises of the show, uh, coming out. And the, you don't yeah. get 18 million people watching yeah. your show if you're not appealing to both sides of the aisle. At, well, I you think don't... that was lost in the review of what was going on here. Of mm-hmm. like everyone saying, "See, yeah. it's like no everybody wants to watch that for a, for a myriad of reasons. What? Nostalgia being a big part of it.
9: Nostalgia being." The biggest part she actually tweeted, I remember what was it maybe two years ago or something she threw out a fun fact that I thought was amazing. She said that since her show had started day one, there has not been a day that the show has not been shown on TV at uh, on a, on a station
1: that's a, oh, that wow. is amazing yep.
9: that and now that explains the eighteen million because like mm-hmm. honestly the fact that that show has been on for so long mm-hmm. and every day an episode at least one episode is shown on TV every day since the show was on the air, that shows you did something right.
1: I mean, you know. She's currently promoting a conspiracy theory that says that the president is uh, assembling a task force that is going to arrest the Clintons and members of the Democratic Party who have been running a satanic sex cult ring. That's what she is promoting right now on her social media platform, or has been, uh, very
8: recently, not to mention, she's just teeing off on those kids. Do you ever want to just hop in in the mind that would think that just for three minutes, just to see if you look out the door and like everything's on fire and it's like when they put on the glasses and they live? Like, yeah. is that what happens in yeah, the brain? I, I guess so.
9: Look, you know, the thing is, is that like I'm a science fiction fan. Like, I love sci-fi. Yeah. Like, I love Star. I love Star Trek. Like, I love Star Trek. Mm. I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. You know, but it's like. There's a certain point where, like, even, and, and look, as a sci fi fan, you suspend disbelief. All, the, All time. the time, you're like, "Yes, this can happen. Yes, this can happen." But some of the conspiracy theories, I'm like, "You gotta be kidding!" And I believe in <laughs> flying ships. Like, <laughs> I mean, I believe in flying ships. What are we doing? Like, even I can't do that. Like, I believe in Darth Vader, half man, half robot. I'm like, that can happen. Like, like you know, like, everything else. But on Twitter, every day, I don't know about you guys, but every day I wake up. And there's that moment, like, I keep saying, telling people, like, like, I need to start a movement to fight the KKK called the Gek. Because like every day I wake up and watch the news and I'm just like, get Like get, get? like it's just like, I don't understand it. And I love sci-fi. For a sci-fi fan to be like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? Like, this
1: is an alternate universe. Yes! Well, go see Cristela this weekend at the improv. We went way over, but you're just too much fun to talk to. And I would love to keep it. We have so much stuff going on. So awesome. I wanted to make the segment long so that people knew how funny you are. Go see her this weekend. This uh, is at the improv tonight and tomorrow night. No Sunday, Easter, Sunday. Now nah, we're going to. Nah,
9: we're not doing that. No,
1: that's, that's <laughs> no. blasphemous. Uh, two shows tonight, two tomorrow. Awesome. Improv.com, 412 462 5233. Cristella Alonzo. Hey, it was great to meet you. Continued awesome. success. Thank you guys. Thanks for spending so much time with us. The DVE Sports. Mike Pursued with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sid does it again. Will wonders never cease, Mike? He's playing it on a different level, literally and figuratively.
7: And it wasn't just that he scored another one of those follow the bouncing puck and batted out of midair type of goals last night in overtime in New Jersey. It was that Sidney Crosby did it again in response to a cheap shot from Devil center Travis Sajak, a third period faceoff, a butt end to the shoulder. Crosby skating over to the bench, bent over at the waist, wincing in pain on the bench, and then looking really perturbed before getting out there in overtime and doing something about it. Patrick Hornquist said he wasn't quite sure what was going on, but he knew Crosby was responding to something.
10: You get fired up for sure. You get in the game quick, and I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, he was fired up after that, and he got us the win.
7: Crosby did so by doing what he does. He didn't talk much much about the butt end other than to say that he understood why there was no penalty called because that kind of stuff happens behind the play a lot, and nobody's paying attention to the two guys who took the face-off well after the face-off has been decided. But uh, he knew what was going on in OT and did what he could.
11: I mean, I saw it hit the
7: post, and now I just tried to just try to stay with it. I
11: mean,
1: it's, it's fortunate it came back to me. Um, but yeah, I, I saw it go off the post.
7: No Derek Broussard for the Penguins last night. Lower body injury.
3: He's got a lower body injury.
7: Matt Hunwick back in the lineup on defense for the first time in 13 games. He was plus one. Got in a fight. And they won. Penguins have 94 points. That is one better than Columbus in the Metro and two better than Philadelphia. Washington continues to lead the division with a five-point lead on Pittsburgh. But the Penguins in second, uh, at least for the time being as they get ready to host Montreal on Saturday night and the Capitals on Sunday. Pirates will try it again in Detroit this afternoon. 110, your uh, rescheduled first pitch of the season between Jordan Zimmerman and Yvonne Nova. Penn State won the NIT last night, 82-66, to over Utah. The Nittany Lions finish at 26-13. and It's the NIT's first NIT since 2009. And the final four is this weekend. Loyola Chicago against Michigan at 6.09 on Saturday, followed by Kansas and Villanova at 8.49. Let's go, Loyola. Yeah. Sister Jean. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with her. Oh, uh, you bet. <laughs> it's got everything to do with they ain't Michigan. I would be rooting for Isis in this game if it was playing Michigan. Understood.
8: What's the mascot at ISIS? Hopefully, not a stinking Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably right. not.
7: ISIS Tech. They're the Wolverines.
1: Yeah. Later uh, this morning, Joker is going to be performing live in the DVE Coffee House. His CD release party is at the Hard Rock Saturday night, which I think is going to be uh, great. And
7: uh, have you heard the new CD? I have. Give us a quick review of that one, Muggy. It's a little different. It, it's a little different, but it's really good. I like it. I like how, I like his uh, perspective at I, this juncture.
1: I like that he that he wrote an album and his son told him it stunk, so he went back and did it again and came out with a way better album, Mar- markedly different too. Like he was doing like a bluesy inspired thing and.
8: You know, his kid uh, kept him honest. That's I what you're supposed to do. I should try that with Gene. Yeah, do that with Gene. This is not a good take on the secondary. <laughs> Go back to the library. He would probably just be like, oh, well, yeah, no, no, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> he's not going to write it twice. He's no, just right. going to accept gonna... that it's bad. Yeah. All right. um,
1: oh, see, now people are sending me their sleep number scores. <laughs> After we had that discussion yesterday about how crappy mine are yeah. and why I don't look at them, now people are like sending them to me, like, "Look, look at my night of sleep. Pretty good. Pretty good. Not me. I have I- no idea. I- why are we keeping score of that? Because you're sp- like it's a big deal. It's a. Be- it's like if you improve your sleep, your health is uh, so much better. And we've learned how much it affects your health going forward. Like you gotta sleep." Everybody knows this already, right? Yeah, but if you get guilted into it by looking at it every day, like if you saw how many calories, if before you went to bed every day something popped up on your phone and let you know how many calories and grams of fat and sodium and how far over the recommended daily allowance of everything you are, don't you think it might affect your food choices the next day? I
7: don't know. There's too much... I can't, worry. I'm going to go to sleep when I go to sleep. I'm going to wake up when I wake up. I'm not going to panic about that. Um, when I'm tired, I'll sleep. When I'm not, yeah, I won't. Well, you're lucky,
1: Mike. I'll tell you what I'm not going to sleep on. Sunday. Sunday. Easter Sunday on NBC. Jesus Christ Superstar.
7: Have you, you've never seen Jesus Christ Superstar? You've never heard the soundtrack? I've heard the songs. I have not seen it in order as uh, the production that this promises to be, which uh, I'm looking forward to, because Randy, I like concerts. You I do. Like, I like TV shows. You, that's and true. And yes, I even like Broadway shows if they're done well. And I'm assuming yeah. this is going to be. This is going to be all three combined in one, and it's going to be live, so it will have that live element to it in front of a live audience. What a what a presentation! Uh, the c- the cast is unbelievable. John
1: Legend is Jesus. You know, the guy sings All of Me, Ordinary People, all that. He's he's Jesus. Uh, Mary Magdalene is played by Sarah Bareilles, who is, uh, she's outstanding.
9: I don't know how to love him. I'm thrilled. I love this project. I
1: love this score. I'm playing Mary Magdalene. She is a disciple, a
8: believer, a friend, a confidant, a champion.
1: And, you know, for my money, Judas has some of the most rocking songs. In uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, like the ones that really just... Because this is a rock opera. It's like watching The Who sing about you know the last days of Jesus. Tommy without the English accents and thousands of years earlier. Right. And uh, the guy that's playing, uh, uh, Judas, he was in Hamilton. He was uh, Aaron Burr in Hamilton. So this promises to be an awesome...
7: Television event. Yeah, not to mention Alice Cooper. Yeah! Do we need to say more? Alice Cooper. Yeah. They want to know why the king's name is Alice, Randall. Well,
1: Alice Cooper, here he is talking about uh, John Legend as Jesus. John is the perfect cast for Jesus because he has this ethereal quality to him also. In three days I shall return. All right, so it's on NBC this weekend. Don't miss. I've
7: seen Ben Hur in the robe enough. I'm really looking forward to something different.
1: It is Sunday night on NBC, Jesus Christ Superstar, Easter Sunday on NBC. It is the DVE Morning Show. Well, it sounded like this if you were listening to the Penn's uh, radio broadcast last night on 105.9 The X. It's
2: Hall in the Penguin Zone, chopping it to Letang, knocks it away from him. A man ahead of the field, it's Crosby. Sidney Crosby delays down the left wing, in the left circle, shooting one off the post, the rebound, batted and it scores! Lock the doors! Turn out the lights! Penguins win in overtime! High, light, real goal from Sidney Crosby ends this one in Newark. No, he didn't do it again! Yes, he did! Oh, are you kidding me? Out of midair! No way! Oh, that was sick! Absolutely sick!
1: Bobby Airy joining us right now uh, from AT&T Sportsnet. Babs, good morning, how are you?
11: Hey, Randy. Good morning. Nice talking with you.
1: Oh, man. How about that finish last night? I mean, what what do you even say about Sid at this point? It seems that he has such a penchant for the spectacular and the clutch simultaneously. Uh, he's on a, a, a pretty special streak right now.
11: Yeah, you, you know, you run out of things to say. And, uh, you know, I didn't, know, you know, you see that happen in real life and you're thinking, did he really, uh, did it happen again? And then you. And I know I was watching baseball earlier, so I was thinking about the Yankees and the Jays and the Pirates being rained out on opening day, and Crosby swatting it out of the air. So that, you know, that was a walk-off homer right there, and uh, done no better than uh, really Kincaid said it as well. The goaltender of the Devils, he said, only one person could have made that happen. That was Sidney Crosby, and he certainly did it, didn't he?
7: Was he trying to win the game or stick it to Zajac? <laughs> or was it a little of column A it's and a, a little, little of column,
11: column B? Yeah, it's a little of column A and a little of column B. It's, uh, definitely, you know, uh, you know, the Penguins have always had a tough time trying to get their uh, emotional level up uh, against the New Jersey Devils, who, you know, haven't been in the playoffs the last few years. But it's a different Devil team, a team that has beat the Penguins three times coming into that game there last night. And, you know, that, I guess that's all Crosby needed was a little bit of uh, ribbing, if you will. So... Uh, he got the butt in and the rib and was able to score the winner. But Zajac, i never seen him. He played tough against Crosby. He has played tough all year, and uh, I guess he just took it to a different level.
1: Any indication about the Brassard injury? The Pens recalled Josh Joris, uh yesterday, and uh, I that, know it's, uh, that yeah, wouldn't be great right. for them in the long haul.
11: No, it wouldn't. Uh, you know, um, you know. sometimes uh, I, I, I catch wind of these things by what I read. I don't always believe what I read. there so, you notes. Know, Calling it a lower body injury. So, you know, I would just think it's a tweak of a, of, of a groin or something like that. But uh, it doesn't seem serious from all indications that I have. And uh, he'll be back in the lineup. But those are those, those situations where you have to manage them. You can't go out there and keep playing because they just get worse. So it's just, it's just a rest thing, um, a hydration type thing. You just gotta, you just gotta do you gotta do a little massage and be ready in about a week is what I hear.
7: Bibbs, the uh, Penguins have got this three-on-three overtime thing clearly figured out, but it doesn't really do them any good in the playoffs, does it?
11: Well, um, not unless they get a three-on-three. <laughs> so, so, Mike, it's such, uh, it's one of those things where they have great talent and it doesn't take much. You get a lot of offensive opportunities in the overtime. You know, you saw Taylor Hall score a goal against the Penguins a week or so ago. But, uh, you know, the Penguins are, are willing to uh, – Take that chance to get the one chance because that's really all they need in the overtime. You get not let two on one; they're deadly. If you got Kessel or Malkin or Crosby out there, which you're going to have one of those guys out there in this situation, the Killers—they've um, done it all season long since the drop of the puck. It's been a um, a system that's really benefited the Penguins for these ROWs for these extra points. So they're in double digit extra points this year. I mean, it's incredible what they're doing with this overtime session. And if teams are no good in the in these sessions they're not going to make the playoffs See, you can point to a couple of teams the penguins aren't one of them
1: what do you uh make of uh matt murray right now going in the post there was, was a little basketball. concern the other night he gave up a couple uh you know low glove side again and it seems to be his mo is that um much ado about nothing the concern from some pens fans
11: well, you know, you're always going to have concerns and goaltenders are always going to have weaknesses and, and teams are always going to scout a goaltender and you're going to see a majority of the shots. If they go in on Murray's glove, you're going to see 75% of the shots from the other team are going to shoot to that glove hand. I mean, he's a big goaltender. There's no room over on the stick. There's no room everywhere, anywhere. You saw Paul Murray made a slick move last night to score a five-hole goal. It was nothing there. That was just a, just a beautiful goal by, uh, by Paul Murray to open the scoring last night. But, there's not much against Murray. Even those left or righters, I thought last night he was moving across. There was a player from behind the goal line. He missed with his stick, but he was able to come over and, and deny Taylor Hall. I mean, he was uh, really reading the puck and getting across rather quickly. So I think he forces players to get really fine with their shot and he's best when he's aggressive. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to make those, those around the world glove saves a lot of time. His, his best saves are the ones where he moves out. Uh, Gets to the top of the crease, and they go off the top of his shoulders because he's so big and in great position.
1: Bob Airy with us right now. So it's Montreal and Washington this weekend back-to-back for the Pens. And uh, then what?
11: Well, then they got a couple of games to finish. We're down to four here right now. It's a couple of days off, and then finish it off at the end of the season, Ottawa-Columbus. And it uh, will be a big game in Columbus. The Jackets are playing some uh, tremendous hockey right now. They're with, uh, without their captain, Nick Foligno, who, uh, who's got a lower body injury, but he'll be back in a couple of weeks, and we always seem to torture Bobrovsky. So, you know, you, you <laughs> put that one in the bank last night. Uh, you know, it was pretty emotional, but uh, you, you got to put it in the bank, and you got to keep moving ahead. The Penguins are still trying to get home ice in the first round, which is going to be really tough here. But if you could get it, that would certainly be a bonus.
1: Well, given their road record, yeah. I mean, it, uh-huh. that definitely would be big. Uh, Bob Airy, so hey, man, thanks so much for uh, for giving us a shout today. I know getting up early probably wasn't uh, your favorite thing to do today. So,
11: Oh, I love it. I love it. Anything for you guys. I'm uh, uh, just going to grab my coffee here now and enjoy the day. i got a day off here today. And then, nice. And then we'll go back to back.
1: Babs, did you see the guy, uh, the goaltender in Chicago last night?
11: No, that was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, he's got the lowest goals against average in the history of the NHL.
1: <laughs> seven <laughs> shots, seven saves. I'd be going with that for the rest of
7: my life.
11: Yeah. Never play again. Know.
7: What do you make for know. one game?
11: I think it's 500 or 1,000. We were talking about the plane. Somebody told me, uh, I think they just signed signed something for, for sitting back there. It's 500 or 1,000. I think that's what it is. I didn't look it up, but...
7: And how does that work? They call him when the when the one guy got hurt in warm-up, then they call him because he's on the short list and say, you got to come dress? Yeah,
11: I think you said he's been to like 20 games this year so far. It's an opportunity. It's funny, I got, uh, I got a friend back home that goes to Leafs games, and he says that he's got another friend that is in the same position, brings his equipment to every game, keeps it in the back of his trunk just in case – just in case they need a goaltender. I mean, he's, he's, this guy's 46 years old in Toronto. He thinks he's going to get into a game. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, never know,
1: you never like know, Bibs. You never know. That'd be
7: an upgrade.
11: Scott Foster, he looked awesome, though. I'm he watching did. watching him right now. Number 90 he was wearing. Oh,
1: it's awesome. Just man. that scene at the end where, like, oh, the players all coming up to him, but, you know, giving him the headbutt and everything, like, that had oh, to be – he had to be just on cloud nine. Oh, he's an accountant,
11: and they got the, you know, they have a belt that they, they toss around to their to their game MVP, the MVP, the Blackhawks. So, you know, there's a picture out there on Twitter with him. Uh, he's got the belt around his shoulder. So, not a big guy, but uh, he'll be pushing buttons at the desk today. I, <laughs> I can't believe it.
1: Now he had to take today off, right? You had to go out and get loaded after that. You would think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no. The doubt.
11: boss has got to call and take the day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take your 500 to the bank.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Bobby Airy ATT Sportsnet. Bob, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Randy. Thanks, guys. Everybody, you. take
11: we'll care. All right. Bye.
1: Bye. Uh, next hour, Joe well. Grushecky performing live here in the coffeehouse on the. I
9: landed in Pittsburgh. And I felt like I was in a Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen video. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like That's... it's very like industrious factory. Because Nailed I, it. I, I love Billy Joel. I've seen mm-hmm. look, I've seen him I've seen him for I've seen him twenty five times oh, okay. in concert. Like did you I, go I to love the
1: Madison Square Garden show.
9: Yes, I did. Yeah. But I had to leave early mm. because the guy in front of me I don't even know why they didn't kick him out. The guy in front of me had an old school like nineteen eighties TV camera. Right in front of me, the entire show recorded the whole show at Madison Square Garden on this camera, Come like on. the first camera ever made. <laughs> but like, it, you know, it's you know some... that was
1: like one of his buddies from Long Island, right? <laughs> yeah, like, he totally, totally he's it. like, here, I'll
8: give you hey, the thing.
9: My boy Billy's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Uptown girl, he wrote that about Becky. I
5: dated her <laughs> in
8: high
9: school. Like, you
12: know,
8: Randy it's Bellman bad. and the DVE Morning
1: I Show. I mean, Cristela Alonzo is about as lovely as it gets.
0: She was very fun.
5: That's a
1: really good way to put it, right? Lovely. Funny, Charming, Lovely. and funny. Sweet. She was so funny, hilarious. Go see her at the improv this weekend. I was inherently racist when I was like, Did any Latinos come to see you?
0: <laughs> have you found your people here? We have several, several.
1: Um, but she was great. Go see her improv tonight and tomorrow. 412 462 5233 improv.com. It is uh, good Friday. Oh, dude, yeah, gotta listen to this today. Start to finish. I mean, My mind is clearer now. Have you ever listened to this? The original oh, recording? Oh.
12: It's well. I've never seen see
1: Are you serious? I've never seen it. Couldn't you imagine Metallica so doing this? Be. Oh yeah.
8: This is the if jam, jam too. Away, yeah. This is the highlight. I mean,
1: the Carl
8: Anderson was the original Judas.
1: The this dude.
8: Whale! Soon Hold on, check be. this out, now. Here we go. Here it is. Jesus!
12: You've started to believe the things they say of you. You really do believe this talk of God is true. It's so funny.
1: Every band wants to try and do this. We should do Jesus Christ Superstar. All
12: you've done will soon get swept away. You've begun to matter more than the things you say.
3: Yeah, and then it gets super groovy. Listen, Jesus,
1: I don't like
12: what I see.
1: Oh, yeah. Boogieing down to you Jesus.
0: To me.
12: You never
1: heard What's the Buzz, Val? I find that hard to believe.
0: This makes me think of laughing.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I, always, I always play this. <laughs> the band I was in when I was younger.
12: Sing it, what's Ted happenin'. Neely. Why
1: should you want to know? Don't
12: you mind about the future? Now, the other thing
1: is, you know, Yvonne Elliman singing Everything's Alright, which is just... Uh, she was married. To, I think she had a kid with Clapton.
0: No. Try not to get what so. we that
9: try not to turn mm, on to.
0: Documentary? That upset no.
9: You. Don't
1: you know everything's all right? Yes. Oh yeah, those are that that part's a little harsh. Want you to
2: that song's so great.
1: Well you got to listen to that uh, album, start to finish. I could sit here all day and do that. <laughs> there I like I, I have a feeling that like 60% of the listeners are annoyed right now, but 40% who are way into that, they want to hear way into it. they want to hear more. It's so damn good.
8: Clapton had a child with another woman named Yvonne. So close. Told you. Yeah. Wasn't Yvonne. Yvonne Kelly, manager of ARR, AIR Studios Montserrat. But he sang with Yvonne Ellen. Yes, correct.
1: Did I just figured he impregnated her. <laughs> What do you got, Val?
0: Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 11. It's 40 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. Well, fireworks usually reserved for the 4th of July, but you might see them this Sunday on Easter. Scientists say that abandoned Chinese space station will likely fall into the atmosphere on Sunday and largely incinerate. The Chinese have refused to acknowledge they have no control over the station, but they lost contact with it uh, two years ago. And as far as anybody can tell, they've never regained contact. The risk of the space station hitting you very small, they say 90% of it will probably burn up as it comes through the atmosphere and the odds of getting hit by something, but if you do, it's they say it's going to be smaller than a car,
8: so that's good. Oh. <laughs> well, it's just a car coming from right. space hurtling towards you.
1: And someone has to do the joke. The thing about getting hit by the Chinese spacecraft is, a half hour later, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, regardless of what you think of President Trump, this is something that probably, especially in our area, people would probably support. The president wants the U.S. to spend more money improving America's highways, bridges, airports, and rails. In Ohio yesterday, he made a big pitch for an aggressive infrastructure program. He argued that mass transit systems are a mess and said a lot of the bridges were built before the moon landing. So far, though, the Republican-led Congress has not fully embraced the idea of more spending. Lots of tabloid stuff about the first family right now. An Us Weekly cover story about the first lady has the headline, quote, Melania Trump's agony. I am tired of the lies. A so-called family insider told the magazine, quote, she's very, very unhappy with her life. If she could, she would get away from Donald Trump and just be with her son. However, Melania's communications director called the story false and just more fake news.
8: Who do I wish the Weekly World News was still around? <laughs> Melania begins affair with space alien. Kushner, actually a wolf man.
1: Yeah, but Roseanne would say that it's true. Yeah. That she's miserable?
8: No. Oh. That she's
1: having an affair with a space alien. Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: She <laughs> and would, Don- She would have validation.
0: And Donald Trump Jr. has five kids with his estranged wife, Vanessa Trump. Uh, he apparently wanted more, but not with her, with his mistress, Aubrey O'Day. During their tour Affair when she was on Celebrity Apprentice, he promised to start a family with her. An insider revealing also to Us Weekly, quote, Don told Aubrey he wanted to have a baby with her. They were trying for one. What? Even after Vanessa discovered sex between the two, Don would secretly call Aubrey and leave long voicemails telling her he still loved her. He would cry and say he was nervous his wife was going to take the kids away. She did file for divorce this month. The insider, though, said Aubrey was not the reason but the marriage had been dangling by a thread for a long time, which maybe is because he had an affair with Aubrey O'Day.
8: Maybe because he's going to be going to jail and they have to isolate the assets. I have no concept of how many Trump children and grandchildren there are. I could not guess at it. Neither could Donald. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna. Uh, Twenty years from now, it'll be like, "Hey, come see uh, Brandon Trump. He's DJing at Chauncey's all weekend long." <laughs> There's so damn many of them.
0: If you're looking for work, <laughs> a campground in Foster Road Island is looking to hire a lifeguard. Swimsuit not necessary. It's at the Dyerwood Nudist Campground. You know the candidate does have to be 18 years of age though, and be state certified. Plogging. Do you know what plogging is?
1: I probably think it's something different than you do. You
0: probably (sighs) do. Uh, It's a big new trend in some places. Plogging is an eco-friendly fitness mashup of jogging and picking up trash. Started in Sweden, but has started to take hold in North America. One woman in Vancouver made her own pledge to pick up litter for 10 minutes every day. But when she heard about the plogging craze, she jumped on board because she's a runner and a marine biologist. She's a runner. She said it can be discouraging because there seems to be an endless supply of litter, but she keeps at it and is encouraging others to
1: join in. So did she just make this up?
0: No, it came from Sweden.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. She didn't make it up. Somebody else made it up. Somebody else made it up. I I'm know.
0: always afraid to pick up garbage refuse because I'm afraid I'm going to get cooties. Right
1: yeah, now. or hepatitis, which like, is way yeah. worse than cooties. Like,
0: oh, what's on that?
1: Yeah, because you see like a wrapper and you're like, I'll pick it up. And then you find out some homeless guy used it for toilet
8: paper. Right. Yeah. I'm concerned about leaning down to pick something up while I'm jogging. That seems like an <laughs> invitation to a face plant. <laughs> just so do like, three rolls. Yeah. Barrel roll.
0: Uh, The news of Ben Affleck's great sadness may have been greatly exaggerated, (laughs) at least according to him. Over the weekend, New Yorker writer Naomi Fry wrote a story called The Great Sadness of Ben Affleck, in which she chronicles the actor's supposed downfall. Of the recent picture showing his giant back tattoo, she wrote, The image suggests not just the fall of Affleck, but the coming fall of man. There is something about this exhausted father that reflexively induces panic. Yesterday, though, uh, Ben Affleck hitting her back with a tweet. At New Yorker, I'm doing just fine. Thick skin bolstered by garish
8: tattoos. I maintain that Ben Affleck and the Great Sadness is the only Smashing Pumpkins album you need to listen to. <laughs> it's...
0: Finally, if Corey Feldman really did get stabbed, it doesn't look like he has anything to worry about, according to his bodyguard. When he went into a hospital on Tuesday night, doctors ran a full panel of tests for drugs and disease. He came up clean. TMZ also reports doctors can't find any evidence of a slashing wound or even a puncture wound. Now, Corey says someone slightly penetrated his abdomen with a syringe oh. or small blade.
8: So he's do 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 and fine. <laughs>
0: Forecast a day, rain it could mix with snow. <laughs> Temperatures in the low 40s were at 39 a DVE.
1: Uh, Val, I, would, I I feel like you got to get into this. This is like, it's so Karen Carpenter feel like you would love it. I don't know how to love him. Oh, Jesus Christ, superstar. Sun, Sunday do? night. NBC. You? The live. Performance of and Jesus Alice Christ. Cooper's in it. Alice yes, Cooper is King Herod. The King Herod song is really funny. It's kind of like goofy and like playful and Jesus, stuff. Jesus,
12: so. I am
2: overjoyed. <laughs> oh, that sounds <laughs> like Alice Cooper. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. You've been getting quite a name all around the place.
1: Yeah, it gets like real goofy and stuff as it goes on a little bit. It's more like show You are all we
2: talk
12: about. You are the wonder of the year.
1: Uh, that'll be great. Uh, although, I guarantee you, on Twitter, Black Jesus will be trending because John yep. Legend is Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, there's going to be uh, an argument about Jesus'
8: skin color Sunday night. Just a prediction. Just a prediction. Google. There was an article that came out, and not only did it depict the race of Jesus accurately, people looked How different you know? back then. How do you know? Purportedly, okay, by science, right. by know, looking things knows. up. People were about four foot nine. And had big, like pointy faces. At that stage, big pointy faces. They did. Oh, and so Jesus does not look like you think he looks. Jaffa he- was Jesus black? Not, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But for the uh, House Rockers Joffo Simmons uh, upstairs right now. Joe Grishecki and the House Rockers are set to play. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Joe yeah. Grishecki. What's up, Joey G? Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, man. Congratulations on this new record. Thank you. This is outstanding. Uh, more yesterdays than tomorrow. It's just sounding great. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had a chance to listen to this uh, right before you released it. And I think, you know, the thing that I I, I took away most from this is like, Wow, man, you're not afraid, uh, you know, to keep growing as a songwriter because it's not exactly uh, the uh, stereotypical, for lack of a better way to say it,
10: Joe Grashecki album. Well, I think we um, sort of explored it a little bit uh, different roots that were part of our musical uh, heritage, but never really uh, recorded before, you know. You got a little like, Jersey boardwalk in on yeah, one of the songs. Well, yeah, well, we did. Uh, I was shooting for like the drifters under the yeah. boardwalk thing on that one. And uh you Know the Brill building and you know the Burt Bacharach stuff, and it's all always sort of been a, a, a bit of a guilty pleasure. But uh, you know, I grew up in a different era where you know there was rhythm and blues and rock and roll was mixed together all the time, so right. So, we did a little bit uh tribute to Eddie Cochran, and you know, we we did some like a boogie thing, and uh, you know, we went all over the place, but it, it, it all hangs together because it has a great cohesive sound, yeah. I do believe.
1: Well, that's the one thing I would say, though. You're playing on older influences. It does not sound like a dated
10: record. It sounds contemporary. Right, right. We were bringing them, uh, bringing them. you know. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're shooting for being, you know, fresh and up-to-date and right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, people are not uh, as uh, reluctant to embrace the old roots music as they were, like, maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, is it true that you played the original record that you were going to record for Johnny and he said, "Nah." Yes. <laughs> hey Johnny, how how did you how nice were you about it when you told Joe you can do better?
10: Uh, you know,
3: I'm lucky to have a great relationship with my dad, so I basically told him it sucked <laughs> to be flat out honest. Uh, you know, I I hold him at such a high standard of a songwriter and he's always good at telling a beginning a middle and an end of a story. Mm-hmm. And with uh, the previous songs on the record, they were just all over the place. And it didn't really represent the house rocker attitude that I'd grown to, you know, grow up with and love. And I really thought that, uh, you know, he kind of came out with me the next day with a couple songs. He was like, here you go, you know, just mm-hmm. like rubbing it in my face. And I was like, well, maybe that's what you needed because he yeah. wrote some of the best songs he's ever had, I think.
10: Joe, how important was it to get that check from your from your son? Well, I was slacking a bit, you know. I, I didn't really have uh, a point of view uh, that I was expounding upon. Yeah, and I was, uh, you know, just a bunch of uh, disparate songs that you uh, didn't hang together in any way, shape, yeah. or form. And uh, and Johnny said, well, you know, it sucks. So I guess <laughs> you know I got my guitar out, and when he left the room, I think, eh, okay, it sucks. So. I think I, I wrote um, the title track here more yesterdays than tomorrows, and tomorrows than the one we did with Bruce. That's what makes us great. Yeah. In a day or two, you yeah. know, just to show him I still had it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So how long after you had grounded him did you have the whole album <laughs> done?
10: Well, I took his car keys yeah. and, and <laughs> locked him in his room. And after sh- no, shortly after, it, I did. Uh, it seemed like after I wrote the title track, the rest of the stuff started flowing, and then, yeah. and then it, was, it was fairly easy. To just uh, You know, if you write, um, I'm sure writers will, will agree upon this, if you get into like a groove and, and you're writing for a purpose, it's a little bit easier sometimes. So. Did
1: you get the thing where they say where like, it's coming through you, you're not having to think
10: about it so much? Yes, I did, actually. Uh, especially the title track, it was like boom, boom, boom. I sat mm-hmm. down and... You know, basically as fast as I could write it down, it was it was there.
1: So, uh, Saturday night, Hard Rock Cafe, with none other than Meeting of Important People. What a great show this is going to be. In support of the brand new record, More Yesterdays Than Tomorrow, they're going to perform for you live right now in the Coffeehouse, and we're going to hear the title track.
10: You got it, brother.
1: Joe Grushecki in the house, rockers on the Point Park University stage, in a Permanis DVE Coffeehouse DVE.
12: share the sorrow when you' be bit- When I play out in the sunshine Take shelter from the rain And I see no yesterdays Like every real tomorrow I had my share of laughter Had my share of sorrow When I give a morning It's a brand new day I see the same people coming down why up by climbing up Sometimes I get lost Sometimes the road is rough I free my mind I know my heart will surely follow I shout it to my sisters I know you understand We all need a little loving Need a helping hand A brand new day So I carry with me with showing him hollow. how I found along the way was one thing I should follow I seen more oh, yesterdays Hello in tomorrow I seen more oh, yesterday
1: It's the DV Morning Show. Mike Pursuta, with your sports right now. I mean, I'm tempted to just keep playing Jesus Christ Superstar songs. But I'll offer a brief reprieve from that so that we can talk about how unbelievably badass Sidney Crosby's
7: game-winning goal
1: was last night.
7: Transition from one superstar to another. I
1: like what you did there.
7: Sports this hour brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins beat the Devils. 4-3 4-3 in OT. It came on a goal scored by Sidney Crosby. A break into the New Jersey end. Crosby clangs one off the iron and bats the rebound out of midair into the net. Ball game, 19 seconds into the extra session. We've seen that kind of stuff from Sidney Crosby before. What we haven't seen nearly enough of this year from the Penguins is winning away from the PPG Paints Arena. We talked a little bit about this with Bob Airy, but it's worth... Revisiting, in the event you're wondering, what do the Penguins have left to accomplish in the remaining regular season games before the playoffs? That win last night improved the Penguins' road record to 16-20 and four. of Of the eight teams in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference right now, Penguins are the only one with a losing record on the road. That's so not a good stat. It's a significant difference, and it's one that can bite you. Uh, assistant Coach Mark Reckey talked about that this week on the Jim Rutherford show with Josh Getzoff on 105.9. The ex Reckey filling in for General Manager Jim Rutherford. And uh, he talked about the Penguins understanding that their road record is unacceptable and, more importantly, understanding why it's been that way.
4: We don't deal with adversity as well on the road as we have at home. We seem to be able to build momentum back at home. Uh, you know, we get the crowd behind us and, and we get excited when we get some energy. Uh, on the road, we, we you know, the, the the mistakes we're making are catastrophic and they usually come in bunches instead of, you know, us gaining momentum back and, and trying to get the game back. On the road, it just seems a lot harder right now. And, you know, obviously, you know, when we get into the playoffs, that's going to have to change and that's going to have to actually change starting tomorrow. And if we can get that mindset that, you know, hey, if they get one, it's no big deal. Let's just... Create some momentum back the other way. Uh, if adversity happens, forget it, wash it away. Just get you know, get to our game plan and play the right way. And if we stick with our game plan and stick with what we do, I mean, it's, a, it's got a proven track record. And, and
7: it does have a proven track record. But we we saw the examples. Look look back to the Detroit game. It's one one in the second period. Penguins give up a power play goal. All right, it happens. You're down two one. They got a power play goal. Should be no big deal. They give up another one 41 seconds later. Now you're chasing the game against a bad team, and it just unravels from there. Last night, a couple of good examples of that pushback, that resiliency, that you know, stay-the-course attitude they're trying to instill. Uh, Kyle Palmieri scores for New Jersey at twelve nineteen 19 in the first. Penguins come right back. Connor Sherry at twelve forty four. Less than a minute later, you tie things up, settle things down. Then in the third period after they fall behind, hey, you're only down one. Keep playing your game instead of falling behind by two. Patrick Hornquist gets it tied midway through the period, and that eventually helps get them to overtime. Uh, That's the kind of stuff that they have done, and uh, that's the kind of stuff that they're capable of doing. they just got to do it consistently. Uh, Another aspect of uh, the Penguins' kind of uneven performance, since they cooled down a little bit after that tremendous uh, hot streak of 20 or 25 games starting in January, the urgency just hasn't been there, and players have talked about that. Coaches have talked about that. Uh, where's the urgency? Uh, that's not what you want to hear from a team in late March with the playoffs looming. But Mark Recke, uh knows, A, it's a problem, and B, it is fixable.
4: Sure, it's concerning. But, you know, like I said, that's what, you know, coaching staff, we'll, we spent some time with them today, uh, showed them some good video, um, you know, good and bad, trying to get better as a team. And uh, hopefully – you know, hopefully the leadership group, uh, you know, the, you know, the Latangs and the Crosbys and Malkin and Kessel and, and Hornquist, they, you know, they step up and, and they, uh, you know, they get this, you know, they get that urgency back in the room and, you know, we know, we all know they care. Uh, they all care, obviously. I mean, every one of those guys in the dressing room care. Now it's just finding that every night, that consistency every night, and and if we can do that, then we'll get this thing going in the right direction right before playoffs. And you know, like I said, if we get if we get hot our last five games, get feeling good about ourselves, that's that's an important thing.
7: Yeah, it was Mark Recchi speaking before last night's game in Jersey, obviously, but that's yeah, uh, maybe a different voice than than Mike Sullivan, but the same message. That tells you the staff's on the same page. And when he talks about the players and the leadership group, we know they care. There's there's no question about that, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they've got enough in the bank. They've done enough the last couple of years to establish that. So uh, a step in the right direction last night. Uh, more steps must be taken, but... These recent struggles, I don't think, are anything to uh, wring your hands about. Well,
1: that's the uh, that's the hope of all penguin fans that yeah. this
7: is just them biding their time. I mean, there's a little track record here, and I think they have a little benefit of the doubt coming. Now, yeah. if you if you don't get it done on the road in the postseason, and you're giving games away and running around and not not playing the right way, as Sullivan will emphasize every day, then then it's not going to happen again. They didn't they didn't dominate the last two playoff runs, but they they knew what they had to do to win in, in every critical situation. And unless they forget, all they got to do is take off those Stanley Cup rings they got after last year. It says play the right way on the inside of it. Yeah. Well, there you go. If good players play the right way, good things happen. If good players don't play the right way, then they can get beaten by players who are not as good. Which they have on the road. Which they have on the road. But uh, only one more of those left. Uh, that's in Columbus next week. Uh Montreal's here Saturday night. The Caps are here Sunday night. And uh, the playoffs are coming, guys.
8: And if you watch the Pirates opener today, no one will have a hit as good as Crosby's into the goal last night. Oh, uh, uh, that was just poetic. Why is it not? The four singles the Pirates manage in Detroit today will look like nothing.
7: But, you know, I think they're going to hit the ball a little bit.
8: Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll get to, this is one of those years where they'll... You I don't know, know how they're
7: going to pitch it, and that's really... The most important. They'll part. put
8: up five runs every game and lose every game eight to five.
7: You know, the ones they win, they'll win five four. Or yeah, something along those lines. They are playing uh, the mm. Tigers. At least they're scheduled to at one ten. That was rained out yesterday. It just
1: struck me that it might be fun to hear the Jesus Christ super story story uh, told by like Ben Scully, <laughs> just to have those guys do baseball play by play. And he's carrying the cross right now. The crowd seems wild. If Jack Buck did it, would be. We'll see you in three nights. I cannot. <laughs> I, I'm very excited for this, the return of Jesus Christ Superstar. I can tell. Well, because they got they got a good cast, and it's just it's badass. And I I, I think you, uh, I think you dig it. I think you are thinking about it. Like, oh, it's a Broadway musical. Who
7: cares? It's it's no, no, it's, no I, I, My my horizons are broadening just a little bit along those lines. You are getting the, you're a snowflake. I'm not I'm not going to catch one of that stupid. Okay, maybe not a snowflake. But, you know, give me Jersey Boys. Give me this. Oh. Give me Jesus Christ Superstar. Give me... Uh, There's so many great songs on Give it. me Hamilton. And it's spooky. It's a little scary.
1: Also, it helped me understand the story the, a
7: little bit when I was a kid. Hamilton present, presented the Founding Fathers in a little bit of a different light than I... Than you'd previously was, thought, was right? ...was but... Yeah, you know, that was fine. There's no rapping here, but if there were,
1: Le'Veon Bell would be Jesus <laughs> because he thinks he's being crucified. Yes. Yesterday, tweeting out, "It's hard to be a hero in a city that paints you as, as a villain." Now, I don't know if he was trying to echo Batman, or if he realized. What is that he a was Batman saying. line? Well, it's kind of Batman-ish, right? I don't think there's a direct quote, but he says something about uh, there's something similar, right, Sean? You're the movie critic. You're supposed to have this. The
8: uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, is this a Batman night as dark as before the dawn? It's I... the, no, no, no. What's the Dark Knight quote? That I had texted or tweeted to me a hundred times. Oh, like, if uh, you uh, uh, you either die a hero or you live it. long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yes.
1: Somebody tweeted to me, you either die a hero or you live long enough to spend the millions of dollars you'll be played, paid for playing a kid's game while being burdened by the franchise tag.
7: Burdened. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this stuff is just uh, noise. Eh, you say that. The deal's going to happen or it's not. Uh, either way, he's going to play. And he's going to play well. And he's going to try hard, and he's going to want to win, and then he's going to go somewhere else. There's only one superstar, though. Eighty-four,
1: Antonio Brown. <laughs> he calls God on a regular basis. He would let. He's the Jesus of this team, in the terms of the musical. Not What's speaking like Ben. Well, he might. I don't know. As the quarterback, he's kind of. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it does make Kevin Colbert pilot in a way, doesn't it?
7: I don't think Kevin would appreciate that. No, I don't
1: think he would either. There's just not enough good guys to go around here, is my point. Clearly, Judas is James Harrison, Tom Brady, (sighs) Bill Belcher. All right, No, Belichick's the devil. When we come back, <laughs> more from Joe Grisheki and the House
7: Rockers, live Every on DVD. I look
12: at you, I don't understand.
7: Who could definitely jam Oh, out. yeah.
12: You things you did get so out of hand.
7: I you mean, it's two of them it's a
12: matter, right? had a
7: plan. <laughs> no, You had come no today, you
12: don't think i wrong
7: Time here
5: before?
7: I think after. Can so
5: okay.
1: oh, yeah. you hear daltrey singing all this? I
5: mean,
1: Ian and Gillian from Deep Purple did it, you know, back in the
7: day. <laughs> Price Townsend never came up with an album cover with him up on the cross. <laughs> like a cross of guitars.
1: Maybe wearing like uh, you know, like the Bruce flag around the. Yeah, you probably have like the mod suit on yeah. or something like that. All right, Joe Gusecki and the House Rockers. When we come back, their big show, Hard Rock Cafe Saturday meeting of important people, opening up the eight o'clock show. Joe Geshecki and the House Rockers in the coffee house right now, the Point Park University stage in the Permandi's DVE Coffee House. The new record, more yesterdays than tomorrow, is uh, just tremendous. Those are plural yesterdays than tomorrows, and uh, Joe and the House Rockers bring in the whole crew. To the Hard Rock Saturday night with meeting of important people, and uh, this is going to be a great show. Mike, you're you're heading down to this one. I'm thinking you're really efforting to come strongly, in from the uh, yeah. from Greensburg for this one. Well, Harrisburg, uh, but yeah. Ha- yeah, Harrisburg. It's a little further. Uh, Joe Gruschecki, uh what are we going to hear right now, Joey?
10: Blood, sweat, and beers.
1: See, this is the one I thought this. Would- Somebody can record this in Nashville and make this a big hit.
10: That's right, it's a country song. Right?
1: Telling you. Here they are, one more time. Joger Shecky and the House Rockers, DVE.
12: am well, drink and fight. Maybe shoot out the lights. What does it matter when I do it? The law. Just say screw it all. And hey, I'm gonna blame everything on you. It's too late to turn it back. Just forget about it, Jack. Barely up to the farmhouse. to forget i it ain't happened yet Hey, bartender for another round story is as I raised the light of hell if I had a chance I would do it all again before I get to the pearly gates and St. Peter decides my faith I've been drinking here till then I'm blood swimming in beers a child's
1: Joker shaking the house, rockers, blood, sweat, and beers. You can find that on the new record, more yesterdays than tomorrows. Saturday night at the Hard Rock. That's the big show, meeting of important people, opening things up. Joe, congrats on the great new record, man. Thank you,
10: Randy. Thanks have, for having us. Have a
1: great weekend. Kill it on Saturday night. Special thanks to Costello Alonzo for joining us earlier this morning. She's at the Improv tonight and tomorrow night, 412-462-5233, improv.com, to get tickets to that show. Also, thanks to Bob Airy from AT&T Sportsnet for making time this morning in between Penn's games.
7: And uh, he was psyched about that, uh, that kid from Chicago. That was funny. His energy is always amazing. Oh, yeah. He loves hockey so much. It's he's just, the best. One pours my, out of the speaker, doesn't it?
8: Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, also, thanks to uh, Sean Collier. Wanted to announce the next installment of Sean Collier presents an arcade comedy theater just two weeks away, April 14th, Saturday night, seven o'clock, starring Bill Crawford from the DVE oh. Morning Show. There it is. There's his theme music. He'll come out on stage to this. It'll be on great. On a donkey. On a donkey. Yes. There's gonna be waving. We'll the waving palm fronds. Bill Crawford along with Ed Bailey and special guest Ramsey Daniels. April 14th. It was nearly full last time, so get your tickets now. I just tweeted a link at Sean Collier PGH. And Val and I will be at Arcade tonight judging the Comedy Royale Finals. Yes. Oh, cool. Along with uh, Heather Mm Abraham, the third judge. Channel 2. Come on out (laughs) to see some improvisation tonight.
1: I will be at the Hard Rock tonight for the seventh annual Cure Rock Concert. I'll be your uh, MC for the evening, bringing on National Touring Act, The Alternate Roots. Also, local stalwarts, Nevada Color, and Working Breed performing live. Come support Cure Rock in their efforts to raise awareness and funds for the fight against childhood cancer through live music. Doors are at 7 o'clock. The music starts at 8 o'clock. There'll be a silent auction, a 50-50 raffle, libations, good times, all in the name of helping kids uh, uh, better uh, uh, arrive at their uh, destination of being better. And uh, what's uh, more fun than that? All right, we'll see you tonight at the Hard Rock.
0: 1 to 3 tomorrow. I'll be at Schultz Ford in Wexford. Final day of Truck Month. So I'll get there to get some good deals on trucks.
1: Oh, two more days of Truck Month. When we ride, we ride
12: to
1: choose our shape. See us.
12: Why should you want to know? Why are you obsessed with fighting times and fates? You can't defy. If you knew the path we're writing you understand it less What's an buzz? I'd Tell me what's happening,
5: what's the buzz? Tell me what's, what's happening, what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening, what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Let me try to cool and this bit. Let me try
12: to cool and this bit, let me try to cool and this bit, let me try. Cool and fist, so let me try, let me try to cool and face. Let me try to cool and face my favorite part. Kupin that is good while you prattle through your supper, yeah where and when and who and how she alone has tried to give me what i need right here now What's up,
2: you stay classy pittsburgh don't touch your face I got him dead pittsburgh all day baby
4: but now you gotta call me ronald
2: would you
5: not eat my pants ronald ah! mm-hmm.